the What Are You Doing movie archives. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down in Front. Our movie this week is Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Junior. Which was his crusade before his last crusade, if you recall. The, it's actually the penultimate crusade. It's the penultimate <laughs> crusade. The last crusade. Pop in your DVD or Blu-ray, press play, press pause. When the Paramount logo fades to another Paramount logo and then the text goes away. So at the first frame of the text, a Paramount company fades to black, or in this case, sky and small rock. Press pause. And in a second, I'll say three, two, one, unpause, at which point I'll press play. You'll press play and we'll watch the movie together in perfect sync. It'll be like any other commentary, except Brian will be shitting himself the entire time. Yee! At the table this week is myself, as always, T. Christie, my friend Brian William Fenifter. Greetings. Currently shitting, Michael Dorkman Scott. This sync thing is going to be a disaster. I just know it on everyone else's end. <laughs> and Trey the Amazing Stokes. Hi. Once the words Paramount Pictures presents fades away, pause. Yeah, anyway. So, Last Crusade is. Uh, Good night, everybody. When I, uh, <laughs> when I was growing up, uh, I saw Raiders first because I think I told the story at Meltdown of the Raiders commentary. My dad bought Raiders of the Lost Ark at McDonald's when they were doing VHS tapes in the drive-thru. Like, uh, large uh, Big Mac, no onion, Diet Coke, Raiders of the Lost Ark, please. And I loved it. And then immediately watched the other two movies like on the same day, right? Because we had the other two. And uh, I always gravitated towards this one. And I don't know why. And it seems to be the case with a lot of people that they, they for some reason, we all have the same of the three movie we like when Raiders is clearly the really good one. And these two are, I like temple of doom and this one's fine too. Raiders is the Raiders of it. Raiders is the one that just set this amazing bar for what a fun new serial action movie could be. And yet so many people gravitate to last crusade. I don't know what it is. I think it's just cause it's a little bit goofier. It's a little funnier. Plus there's like, you know, knives coming out of the walls and stuff, but that's, that's on all three of them. I don't know what it is about this one that makes me love it so much, but it is my, his name is Sean Connery. Uh, he has a name the knives that come out of the wall Sean his name is Sean Sean Connery anyway uh, this is probably my favorite of the three real Indiana Jones movies Uh, (laughs) and I think it's the second best of the three real Indiana Jones movies Uh, Brian how does that sound to you does that sound right I I agree Uh, this is the one I definitely spent the most amount of time watching as a kid do you know why I I think Goofier is is right. I think it, it's overall has a generally lighter tone. It's conventionally more of a satisfying movie than Raiders of the Lost Ark is. I mean, Lo- Raiders of the Lost Ark is an amazing movie, but as we discussed in the Raiders commentary, the ending of it is kind of not not conventionally satisfying in its own way. Like Indiana Jones loses, and there's this weird Deus Ex Machina to it. Brian is conventionally satisfying. Mm. Um, so. I, I think that combined with just the the aspect of the the, the more fun aspect of it, the, the the generally lighter tone, Sean Connery obviously helps quite a bit, and uh, the fact that this just more straddles this uh, line between comedy and action uh, a little more directly than than the other two do, I think. Uh, this isn't funnier than Temple of Doom. <laughs> it's the right kind of. Funny, it's the right yeah. kind of anyway. funny. Where Temple of Doom is not the right kind of funny. Funny, funny in the sense of, like, I feel funny about watching this. In the chat room elsewhere says, Allison Duty doesn't hurt either. No. No. Even though her last name is Duty. Yeah, it's, a, it's funny. She, <laughs> it is. God bless her for trying to have a career with that name. Michael Dorkman Scott? Yep. Uh, my experience is largely the same, although not with the McDonald's VHS, as far as I recall. But, <laughs> but otherwise, um, I, I mostly watched Last Crusade as in terms of 
it being Indiana Jones, the Last Crusade is is what would come to mind when it was. And I think that's so weird. Well, I think part of it may have just been it's an age thing. I it's guess. an age thing. It's a yeah. timing thing. Last Crusade was the new one. Last Crusade was the most recent one. So that's the one that I was aware of within my lifetime. That's right. the one I got to see when it came out in theaters. Exactly. And thought of this as this is one of the first movies I very vividly remember yeah. seeing in the theater and thought of as Indiana Jones. And I had the video, you know, the computer game, which. Dude, we'll me, too. Yeah. me too. Me um, too. The, but, um, the top scroller grid game? No, no. The uh, the, the one that was the like Atlantis the, one. The monkey. No, there was there was a yeah the Last Lucas, Lucas games one. There was a Last Crusade that we was a Lucas games. Oh, the, we yes. had to whip the brick. Holy that was shit, a, yes. I hated you that. Had to, had to swing to the other no, window. My, whip, the, whip the, the one that frustrated me I the most that. was trying to get into the catacombs. Because I would walk into the library, and it was always a thing where you had to, like, puzzle it out and stuff right. like that to, in order to activate it. But I was like, it's that tile. I just have to break that tile. I've seen the movie. I don't have to go look for the clues. And it wouldn't let me do it. Damn <laughs> but, it. Um, See, they're screwing with you because yeah, they know you see the movie. The movie. <laughs> yeah, but the movie. Um, the movie's a lot of fun. It's it's. There, there's a great interaction between the Sean Con- between Sean Connery and, and Harrison Ford and um, – yeah, I think it, it probably just was an was an issue of timing. Um, it's easier for be, because it's a little bit sillier and 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 I think quite frankly more action oriented even than, than yeah. Raiders. Okay, um, it's it's easier for a younger person to engage with it. Mm-hmm. So that that probably is another one of the reasons I probably would have preferred to watch this as opposed to Raiders. Although. Um, the ending where the guy drinks from the wrong cup and dies scared the fuck out of me <laughs> when I was little. But Trey, anyway. well, I again, I'm the, I'm the, you know, this is very much like Star Wars in terms of how how it relates in my life because the first one was the first one, and unless if you weren't there, you don't get what what the thing about the first one was. Um, very much akin to Star Wars in that regard. I mean, it's like, oh my God, no one makes movies like this. This is awesome. Um, and then you know, then there was a couple of years when everyone made movies like that, and it wasn't particularly good. Um, and then, uh, then, you know, then the people who made the first one, they made another movie like that. And that wasn't particularly good. That was, a, you know, the second Indiana Jones was a huge disappointment. So this one for me was like, okay, you guys, <laughs> come on now, pull it together. Sean Connery sounds good. We'll give it a try. So I always thought of this one as the one where it's like, okay, they, they, they pulled out of the power dive from the yeah. second one and they, and they pretty much brought it together. It's kind of, it's kind of the empire strikes back of the trilogy and Temple of Doom was the was the Return of the Jedi of the trilogy is the kind of the way it worked out because this one I thought it, you know it, okay they they kind of got it you know they they had they had more money they had more expertise they could do the big 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 action sequences that they couldn't do in the first one presumably less coke yeah maybe. No one, no one, no one, no one who was there says that uh, actually Spielberg was was a uh, drug guy. He was uh, he wasn't he wasn't one of those guys. But uh, and I, I think that's true. But. So this one, like it, you know, it it pulled it together, and it was like I just I haven't seen it in a very long time, but it's like it's fun. They got it. They did it right. They, you know, it had great action scenes. It had more heart to it. it you know, it gave it had a you know much more about family and you know Indiana Jones and character development and, uh, and a much more satisfying proactive ending for for Indy and and really felt like. You know, yeah, okay. They're not going to make any more of these, and this is you know a perfectly good. They literally ride off in the sunset at the end, and they knew what they were doing, and it worked. Um, and God thank God it. that they it thank, was a good thank God that they didn't fuck it up by like revisiting it thirty years later or some shit like that. Um, so I was like, I remember as being just like, okay, you know, they really, you know, this is about as good a, a conclusion to the indie story as we're going to get, and and they really nailed it. I thought, yeah, it was a good ending. Just one of the great endings of all time. You know? One of yeah. the great uh, it's, trilogy it's, conclusions. It's really of all important time. to go out on a high note and just you know, just <laughs> leave, leave it wanting it. more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're at the point where 
The Paramount Pictures Presents movie text has faded to mountain. After the logo, then the text fades down. Clear as mud. <laughs> anyway. it's, a, it's a rock on screen. When it's just that when, when the it first time you only see a rock and no text on screen. It doesn't actually matter. Anyway, three, <laughs> two, one, unpause. Fucking Spielberg. I forgot I, to mention real quick, Nate the Great will be chirping for us in the chat room. Thank you, Nate. I think another thing that probably may have confused me when I was younger was that this started with this prologue with Young Indy. So I, yeah. that probably made me think this was the first one Oh, okay. by starting that way. Oh, you know? that's a good point, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, have you guys ever done the uh, Young Indiana Jones experience? Never seen one of those myself. No. I, I did watch uh, a few of them when they were on, and actually not too long ago, maybe a year or so ago, I was going through them Netflix-wise and went through maybe about a season. But Well, how were they? It's Bad? They're okay. I mean, they're they're actually really impressive. Each one of them is like two hours, right? That's the thing. They're both. The, I mean, each episode is basically a feature film, at, at least in the sense that there's kind of two segments to each, and each segment is an hour long episode. Um, it's there's interesting stuff in there. It's basically young Indiana Jones and celebrity historical figure of the week. Uh, but so it's like Indiana Jones, Doctor Who, or it's Indiana kinda, Indiana yeah. Gump. <laughs> yeah, in a sense. It's like, great. this week, Indiana Jones hangs out with Teddy Roosevelt. This this week, he hangs out with Thomas Edison. This week, he hangs out Ooh, with... Oh, I know that rock. It has a name. Three Priests or something like that, I think. I've been there. Something like that. It's yeah. something along those lines. Anyway, this area, I was driving... This is... Oh, fuck, we're going to start off one of the, the best movies we were ever going to do, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell this damn story, but I was driving across the country, and I was, you know, on State Road 59 in the middle of goddamn nowhere, like Utah, Arizona area. Uh, incidentally running out of gas, but that's a different story. And I came around a corner, and all of a sudden, I was on the Forrest Gump road. This is on a road that's like six feet wide, right? It's the piece of shit, worst state road you've ever seen in your life. It stretches like 200 miles from, like, Reno to Yuma or something. It's in the middle of nowhere. And I come around a corner, and then all of a sudden, I'm at that go-your-own-way Forrest Gump shot where he stopped. (laughs) It's like, oh, my God. Holy shit. And that's in the same area. This is in Utah, I think. Anyway, I like River Phoenix a lot. I, yeah. I yeah, lament yeah. the death of River Phoenix like a mofo. Yeah. yeah. He I, was good. He was really good. Really, I think really... he would have been a, a James Dean figure. It's, it's interesting. Well, he is well, James he is I guess Yeah. yeah. That's Funny how, how that Dean worked out. <laughs> but, um, Shit, that's right. He followed too know. close. Yeah. Oh, Icarus. Chris, like Chris Farley and John Belushi. But uh, the, yeah, it really was, you know, kind of shocking. It's, it's, I was thinking the other day, because think, just thinking about this movie and, and uh, thinking like, well, you know, what, what would movie history be like now? If River Phoenix had still been around, you yeah, know, I think we probably might have seen less of Keanu Reeves for one thing. But uh, you know, what movies, you know, didn't get greenlit because he wasn't alive to like, you know, be the be the lead in them? And what movies would he have been in that we we know someone else in? You know, I think he would have gone the DiCaprio route. Yeah, he's a few, definitely a few, a few pretty grown movies, has, and then people could that. tell that he could right, act. Right now, they're right. But by now, we would have seen the River Phoenix DiCaprio collaboration movie. Like, oh wow, it's awesome. the two of them, Sassy, the two yeah. of them together. Yeah, look at that. Damn, that would have been so cool. Yeah, maybe. Do you think Matt Damon would have had the career that he had? Or well, yeah. I mean, they're they're different. They were self starters. Yeah, they were. They were. They would have come anyway. And I know we talked about this on the Phantom Menace commentary way back when, but I still maintain that this is they did. The origin story of this character of Indiana Jones the right way here, where they didn't do it right in Phantom Menace. Difference like, being that that one was 200 minutes long. Exactly. And this one is however long <laughs> yeah, this is. 15, like 15, 15, 15 yeah. 20. And this is, you know, if you want to show Darth Vader as a child, awesome, cool idea. Sure, let's let's try it. But you don't need the entire movie to do it. And it boggles my mind that 
Lucas uh, felt he needed to spend one entire third of his trilogy. <laughs> you get to see him as a little kid. Yeah. Maybe River Phoenix would have been Anakin in the later prequels. Ooh. That could have been good. Well, wait, he would, might have been too no, old. He would have been, been too old. Yeah. He, they would have changed it that's, and it would have been yeah. better. Or they would have been, been the fine. prequels earlier yeah. when yeah. George Lucas maybe had less power. And they maybe, he would have, maybe Spielberg would have used up River Phoenix and then we wouldn't have had Shia LaBeouf in every Spielberg thing for the last five years. Well, again, he would have gotten his. Thing. He would have gotten his. River his, Phoenix his, would be playing Shia's father. In, yeah, in movies. No, what I mean something. is, he would have gotten that thing out of his system where he uses the same kid actor for a thousand things in a row. I don't know. I did. I I liked the little, you know, the the little okie doke here where you think you're looking at Indy and it turns out to not be Indy, and Indy is a kid here and and all that. Um, it always struck me as a little odd that Indy ended up kind of emulating this. Grave robber dude. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's a, a weird little, touch. It's a little, you know, it's like, okay, all right. I, you know. Maybe, I, I mean, you know, learn by negative example, I guess. Yeah. But it really, I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. He completely does latch onto him and kind of go. <laughs> sort of like, that's the, that's who I'm going to be. I'm going to be that guy. I except, think it's. Except more reverent about the artifacts. Exactly. But otherwise, I'm going to dress just like that dude. Because I think that, the... that guy could have been a dick to him, and he actually wasn't. I mean, he caught up with him and took back the piece. But he was like, you got hurt, but that belongs to me. And then he kind of like nudges him on the chin and like here you go kid and gives him the hat that, and all that yeah. in, you, you in, fought the good fight you did you did okay you earlier, little soddy fucker in an earlier version actually that was going to be Abner Ravenwood yeah that that was going to be Mary's that would have been cool and which makes more sense that, that would have made sense yeah, yeah. That, I, could, I could buy that yeah it, which makes more sense because you you kind of get the implication that. here that this is really the only interaction he has with this guy yeah. who the, he then ends up basing his entire identity around right so if it was if it was somebody who had a little more fixture in his life, who was a little more permanent of a fixture. Yeah. I don't I don't think it would have substantially improved it, but I like that idea a lot. I think that's really cool. Have that be Abner. And that could have been now, just one is... of those things that you know it's you don't know unless you read the script or you don't right, know if you're right, really right. into it. It doesn't actually ever come up it on doesn't screen. Super, but it'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. But we would know but, about it, and we would be know. able to learn that knowledge over people. Right. <laughs> exactly. Now, who is Panama Hatman in the in the overall canon? Does he have anything to do with anything else? I don't think so. He's, he's just, just a guy. He's just a guy, and he's the he's the, the he's the so do you. he's the rich finance dude who clearly wants these artifacts. I always figured he's the yeah. he's the uh, 1915 Donovan, and then we're going to get the 1940 Donovan later. And the thing that always confused me as a child was I always confused Fedora Man with Panama Hat Man and not really understanding the the relationship between the two. Who's Fedora Man? Fedora Man is the, the yeah, guy the that he's oh, okay. clone. Okay, cool. The adult indie. I got to see John Williams perform uh, his some of his stuff at the Hollywood Bowl, which is a big, beautiful uh, theater here in uh, Hollywood. And it was great because he played this entire opening sequence without music, right? He he just let it the projector play it, and you're hearing all of the thing and one of the uh, all of the uh, old foley, the stuff before the music. And one of the things that blew my mind is I always remember this particular scream he gives right here when you right here. That's the, what, the one over the shot of the outside of the train, right, exactly. Yeah. But without the music, it's even worse. And you can hear like the 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 vocal take click on and off, like they didn't even fade it in or out. So it's just like ah. Uh, like, you can hear it just click off. Well, why would you if you can't hear that bit under the music? Exactly. Yeah. And then he played it again with this music live, and it was really cool. It's really, if you ever not, you need to do this fast, because John Williams has been at the top of my death pool for the last five years. <laughs> go see John really? Williams perform his stuff. Oh, yeah. I've been thinking, I thought, I've been thinking he was the next to go forever. No, I'm saying only five, because he's oh, been right. on my death pool yeah. list for a long time. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, uh, he had the opportunity to see him do his thing live. It's amazing. It's great. It's wonderful. And it sounds so cool and loud and amazing. And, yeah, I don't know. Anyway. 
That's a pretty decent rhinoceros puppet. Yeah. That's actually, you don't see those very often, so it's not a lot to compare it to. But that's no one really good. ever cut their teeth on rhino puppets. Yeah. So you have to you, wing that usually one. you start, you know, basic rhino puppet, and then you work your way up. <laughs> Zombie rhino. And then there's, a whole shop, there's a whole shop in Germany that just does rhinos. Oh, yeah. The, the, For the, various purposes. The rhino platzen. Yeah, they're, they're famous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the, already the action is much more expansive than yeah. anything we've yeah, seen. Yeah, it's really huge. Previously. You know, it's sort of like, what can we do? Okay, we're gonna, hey, what haven't we done? Well, we haven't fought on top of a moving train yet. Yeah. Alrighty, let's do that. And Look he's at his hair. Around his and... super long bangs, as compared uh, to reverse okay. mullet. Leo's in Titanic, which I said was the same haircut, and I think okay. I'm right. Yeah, party I, in the front right there. Uh, when I was in college, I was in a Midsummer Night's Dream, and I was one of the, the players Yay. in the scene. Yeah. Uh, and. There, there, you know, there's a scene where all the players react to uh, Bottom having the horse, the mule's head, and they they run around. And so my friend and I, we did this bit where we ran into each other and then we fell down. And the first time we rehearsed it, I, not knowing any better, literally fell down from standing height onto my tailbone, Ooh. which yep, that'll hurt break for weeks and weeks afterwards. River Phoenix, or his stunt double rather, just fell onto it, eight, eight, ten feet straight onto his tailbone. It was yeah. A- they, yeah. they they learn to do like legs first and kind of they roll down, but right, it right, looks right. like it's all at once. But I'm but saying in yeah. real life, you know, the young oh, yeah, Indiana Jones like does that. He's he is wonder, out for the count. Yeah. I've always wondered how long it took him to get the snake to do the sleeve to sleeve thing right <laughs> yeah. at the right beat. That yeah. must have been a lot of. Takes. That's why it's an insert. Yeah, yeah, no shit. All right, today we're getting one shot, guys. <laughs> Here we go, Red Bull. I love the thing we we just went past it, but uh, the the little the origin of Indy's scar because yeah. yeah. Harrison Ford has a real scar. He was in a car accident, but, but you would I, never really notice. No, you don't notice it, it well, until until it, you're after, told to think about it because of that moment. Yeah. you're like, wow, he's got a scar on. They put like makeup on him and everything. And then How did like, Han yeah, get that's it? In every movie, <laughs> but but I love the idea of Bounty Hunter on Lord Mandel was looking for. Him. Yeah, you can just you can just. Feel the 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 moment that they came up with that they're like, and then he gets like the whip to to scare off the the you know, and and then he scares off the line and stuff like that. And it's like, well, they shouldn't he shouldn't, he shouldn't know how to use he shouldn't, the shouldn't whip know yet. how to use the whip immediately. It's like, okay, maybe it cuts him or something. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that was a really nice wonder we just had. That was a that was a Spielberg special just there. The, that whole scene in the magic car, all the way to seeing Indy run run down the tracks. You know, that was that was a wonder and a pretty good one. And there's the dog. There's, there's the dog. Again, yeah, yeah. There's a great little touch. Now, how are you guys on the? We're going to use Michael Caine as uh, this guy's Caine. dad. We're going to use Sean Connery as this guy's dad, and the accents are different. And it's clearly just a thing where it's like, no, we want that fucking actor. He's the man. Mm-hmm. Does it bother you when you see the stuff like this? Like, did this ever? Were you like, what, why, the, why does Sean Connery? Have, no, that happens. The cheat where we don't see his face. It would make no, not that. Just that his dad has a Scottish accent because his dad's oh, from Scotland yeah. and he's not. Yeah. yeah. It That's, never bothered you? Yeah, no. Yeah. It happens more often yeah. in this country than is displayed in the yeah. media. Of I our see country. that. Yeah, I see that Mike, a lot. Mike Myers has a Scottish dad, and he doesn't yeah. have a Scottish accent unless, um, unless he wants to get paid a billion dollars. Yeah. Elsewhere wants us to uh, at least acknowledge the uh, funny magic box escape from the train, and if we think that's quite plausible, I I, I can I can imagine. If, I, if didn't they like, brought the kids, I didn't like it. If they brought the kids onto the caboose for the magic show, then it would be rigged that way. But if right. it was just a storage caboose, yeah. then it wouldn't have a hole under the disappearing box. Exactly. It's like it's fine that he can get out of the box, but how does he get out of the ca- the train? <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not like there's a hole in the bottom. It's 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 a bit of a it's, it's a great shot. It's a great water, but yeah, the concept of it is one of the weaker links in the uh, in the in the movie for me. Now this guy, we saw we we've seen uh, audition. I'm assuming we all have uh, uh, tapes of like Burt Reynolds trying to be indie and all that. This guy. Had the you know benefit of having seen a couple of Indiana Jones movies, 
But I could have seen him as an Indiana Jones too. Yeah, yeah. I oh, can. Yeah. S- you can see his eyes kind of work the right way for an indie type role. And who is this more guy than anyway. Burt Reynolds? Yeah. I have no idea who he is. That's he looks the thing. like he looks like the, the drawings they made of Indiana yeah. Jones. Yeah, <laughs> he's the concept <laughs> art. Yeah, he's the concept art for Indy. He's a pretty man too. You know, it's, it it mentioned it was mentioned in the uh, in uh, our forums that uh, Tom Selleck was was the front runner for uh, for Indiana Jones and, and someone was saying I don't really see Tom Selleck I can totally see Tom Selleck doing Indiana Jones he would have been quite good yeah. it would have been a different movie um, if you want to see what he what an Indiana Jones would have been if Tom Selleck had been it then you can then go see Quickly Down Under which is actually pr- kind of a pretty good film actually and but don't see High Road to China which was the <laughs> attempt to really do an Indiana Jones film and not a very good attempt but he's really good and he's good in those um, I think the difference is that Selleck wouldn't have had that kind of fumbly, I get hurt a lot quality to it. He would have played it, I think, a little more straight. You know, uh, Selleck, Selleck yeah. is, you know, he had the he had the manliness and he had the action hero thing down. He was always great at that. But uh, but Harrison brought this, you know, my God, he's just going to get fucked up every time. <laughs> he's like, he's going to get fucked up every time. He'll, he might live, but he's going to get fucked up. Right. He, he has the same quality that Nathan Fillion has, where it's just this yeah. really like sense of reality, sense of uh, vulnerability yeah, and humanity to him. He throws himself into it without really thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, Selleck, you go, Selleck can handle it. The guy's six yeah. and a half feet tall. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah he's going to be fine. On the subject of rather transparent, oh my God, Raiders of the Lost Ark made money movies, though. Uh, how do you guys feel about Romancing the Stone? It's a classic. It's fucking great. I like Romancing the Stone. I mean, I've I've only seen it, you know, far more recently than I've seen any Indiana Jones in my life. But uh, I, I think it's a very solid movie. Hmm. Yeah, Romancing the Stone is awesome. And uh, hey, there wouldn't be a Back to the Future without it. So, yeah, really? If it hadn't been a huge hit, they wouldn't have given Zemeckis another movie. Oh shit, you're right. Good point. Oh, all right. I'll I'll allow it. <laughs> I will allow your existence. Movie yeah, no, Romancing the Stone no is, is is really good. Um, if you want to see why why we used to like Kathleen Turner so much, woohoo! There she is. Whoa, that was Kathleen Turner. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> you, you, are you crabbing on a movie you actually haven't seen again? No, I've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah, when you were times. six. No, I saw it last year. <laughs> okay. I just the only version, of, the only I never I, I never had an opportunity to go. This is Kathleen Turner. Kathleen Turner is this. The only time I have a Kathleen Turner person in my head is recently on Entourage, and she's about 400 pounds, <laughs> and she talks like Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Body Heat and Romancing the Stone. There you go. That's Kathleen Turner for you. Um, and uh, um, what was that uh, divorce movie she did with uh, him later? God damn it. Disclosure? Uh, War of the Roses. Ah. Uh, same thing. <laughs> but oh, uh, but yeah, but romancing the, romancing the stone was when you know you started to hear that hey this uh, Zemeckis kid he might make a good director he's he's got some chops. <laughs> so I'm just skimming through the uh, IMDb trivia and here we have we come across our famous uh, director's trademark bullshit. Oh, God. Director trademark Steven Spielberg quote music yeah. unquote <laughs> ah. oh yes those guys never miss a thing <laughs> it's amazing yep. I love I love I okay the Indiana Jones character is successful for like 25 reasons. In Congress, like they're all in this just one guy character where he's this incredibly smart, diverse, multilingual geek, professor of archaeology, grave robber, badass, romantic, who gets his ass beaten by Nazis, but ultimately wins after multiple spiritual journeys, whose dad is Sean Connery. He's like a badass poster that they would paint with like Spock playing guitar and Chewbacca jumping off the stage. (laughs) Can't get more awesome than that. Brody! Yeah, Donald Elliot, man, poor one out. I mean, the problem I love this guy with, so much. Particularly, the problem with uh, Brody's character in this is that the movie starts with him Raiders Brody, and with Raiders Brody, and then there's one very specific scene where he just flips a switch and turns into 
into an Abbott and Costello routine. A comic or, relief or, for the rest of the movie. Yeah. The rest of the franchise. In, in, in Indy 4, they throw him under the bus again, too. It's supposed yeah, to be an yeah, homage, in, but it's kind of a disrespectful four. homage. Yeah. Uh, where he gets his head knocked off and it falls on the guy's lap. Which I think is supposed to be yes. a gay joke, but I can't tell. My treat. I don't know. In any case, Denham Elliott passed away in the 90s uh, of AIDS, actually. But I love him so much in this series. And he pops up in other movies, too. You go back and watch movies. It's like, there he is. Holy shit. I never noticed you there before. I, I like Damn how those two, AIDS. I like how those two girls were just staring at him like they were, like with his really creepy, almost like Exorcist or Shining yeah. stare at him. Like, <gasps> that was a setup He's... for the original Indy 4. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but I love getting to see him in this, in this position because... I don't know. It's if on paper it is the least plausible thing that ever happened. This action hero badass is also a fuddy duddy kind of egghead, uh-huh. but it works on screen. Well, and that's it's a, it's the fish out of water comedy. You take an action hero and you put him in a non-action setting. That's comedy. It's just the the added comedy of this is that his fish out of water environment is his day job, right. which I don't think I've ever seen before. Yeah, and Superman. Not o- but not only that, <laughs> yes. okay. this this is uh, Superman's commentary on on the human race. Not only that, but he almost there's there's an extent to which it almost seems like sometimes he would rather be doing that. He's like, I really this this is my my passion. My passion is archaeology, right. and even says yeah. at some point but, like most of that this, is the library. You can't be stealing artifacts every day. Yeah, he has exactly. to have a day job, which which is the opinion of, of many college professors yeah. that oh, yeah. they, they do research and they, they you they teach a- just so you can afford to go to the field for six yeah. months and exactly. not have to fucking teach they they live in academia for the research but they have office hours because they need to have office hours and they teach archaeology 101 or physics 101 but i was like the idea that it that it also explains some of his awkwardness as an action hero because he's he he really yeah. wants to be an academic but he's had to become an action hero to be able to do <laughs> his research and and get the the information that that he needs to continue it so we just in, passed our star wars reference in the background there you can hear a uh, minor key well no it actually be a major key version of the imperial march dun 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 on the piano yeah and it's, I swear to God, it's right there. If you go back and watch that scene, it's been there this whole time and you've never noticed it before. Shyamalan. I know, right? It's been in there the whole time. <laughs> the Indiana Jones movies are coming from inside the house. Now, this movie has, I hadn't thought of this before, but I was just, when you guys were talking about whatever the fuck, I don't even care. Uh, I was thinking about, this movie actually does have a lot structurally in common with Raiders. Temple of Doom, obviously, is on its own weird track. But this movie, it, aside from the added plots and the fact that it's a different film, have a lot in common. Uh, this has the bookend of, uh, well, not the first bookend of the you know, kid, but it has the uh, establishment at the university of what he's going to be doing today. He meets up with a guy who tells him what he needs to be doing. He goes and gets the midway uh, thingy that he's after, the midway MacGuffin, which is, in this case, the, the, di- the, the, diary. Well, the, diary. the diary. In the first one, it's the uh, Staff of Ra yeah. medallion. And then on its way to the big MacGuffin at the end, which yeah. in this case is the Holy Grail. There's a lot of similarities. Yeah, I never it's noticed. It's totally them not that hard, guys. <laughs> yeah. Just just do that again. Yeah. And you'd you'd be it's set. It's weird. Now, what is the difference <laughs> between Last Crusade and Ghostbusters Two? Well, because uh, Ghostbusters Two, we we accuse of being too much the same movie. Because it is the same movie. Ghost, Ghostbusters same Two movie. pretends the first movie didn't even happen. Yeah. Uh, and and runs out of ideas, so it's like, well, let's just. Do it again. Oh, you mean where they start from nothing and no one believes them? And, and you know, they didn't build and on the first movie. And he's wooing Sigourney Weaver. And it's yeah, like, it's like literally it's the same. One movie. of the reasons that this gets away with doing it like that is, again, there are new, we're doing a new thing with Indiana Jones. The, the 
relationship between him and Sean Connery is what makes this movie. This right. whole time, he's the, been the unstoppable badass top of the food chain yeah. guy. And now we're finding the guy who makes him feel awkward and uncomfortable. Yeah, right. So, it, it, I mean, the underlying structure, the the base, the framework, the skeletal structure of the story is the same, but the actual, the, the situation is different. Right. And that's yeah. the thing. The situation between Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2 is almost identical, and that's why they're the same movie. Right, and, and it's, it's the same as we've been talking about with the difference between plot and story. You can yeah. get away with doing kind of the same plot over and over again right. as long as you're telling a different story. There you go. Good point. I like that. That's a good way to phrase it. It can have the same beats. It just needs to be a different story. You just need well, to be making the same, different beats yeah. are going to work yeah. in any movie. You know, it's the same. If this happens, then that happens. But it's it's changing the, the variables. It's it's putting an x putting a y instead of an x in there. Which is which is one of the the differences. People people are like, well, what's on the one hand, structure for a movie is very important. But on the other hand, there's the complaint about movies being very formulaic. And the the issue is the structure is important. But if all you do is focus on the structure and you just kind of you know, yank your characters around on puppet strings to get them from one beat to another. You get G.I. Joe. Yeah, you get... Yeah, you, or, or, or Ghostbusters 2. Or Ghostbusters 2, or any or any formulaic movie that doesn't really work. You have to actually give the characters a good reason to get from point A to point B to point C. Um, and, a, 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 and as we experience it with them, we don't really think about the structure. We're thinking about how that's affecting them and, in turn, how it's affecting us. Right. I it, will watch any info dump as long as Harrison Ford is talking it out. Yeah. <laughs> now, for example, here, it is it's it is the same setup as Raiders, except you know, in, in Raiders, of course, uh, Indy was a little younger, and he was like, yeah, yeah, let's go get the, the Lost Ark. Here he's like, no, screw it, no. And they're like, well, but your father's missing. Like, oh. Shit. So, like you said, same plot, different story. Different meaning, yeah. Yeah. Now, what's cool, I, I was uh, one last thought on the previous conversation, the previous, previous conversation about the, uh, the, the breadth of the Indiana Jones role. Uh, it occurs to me that there's a lot of guys who could play uh, action Indiana Jones, and there's a lot of guys who could play Professor Indiana Jones, uh, yeah. Professor Jones. You don't get a lot of guys who could do both. Right. You could totally see fucking Egon being Professor Jones. Right. And you could see Bradley Cooper being Rock'em Sock'em Indiana Jones. You just don't get one guy who can do both. Of them. And that's that's the difficulty of a creating uh, really compelling characters, then b casting for them is creating a character with enough variety and depth and and facets and different sides to them that you can sustain an interest over six movies for, uh, and then finding that person. And that's the real that's the real economic scarcity of a movie star is somebody who is really you can't take your eyes off of them no matter what they do uh, no i buy it it's just you just gave me this very weird look like, but no I brian mean, said economic scarcity of a movie star th- i was like go on there's a there's a value to movie stars and we kind of we we i don't know now we're kind of throwing anything at the wall mm-hmm. these days well i mean i don't i would make the argument that we don't have the same quality of movie stars that we've had in the past i don't think we have somebody of harrison ford's quality uh these days i don't think <laughs> what happened to him <laughs> well he's not harrison did, ford did he die? This, <laughs> harrison ford in this era oh okay at, at this time uh or harrison ford in his prime which is just the guys that have the, the movie star looks and the movie star ability the, yeah that 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 quality that that compelling that sense of Leonardo that, DiCaprio. Just, that, that je ne sais quoi that yeah. you cannot take your eyes off of them and that have this like this range and this, well, we, this we, sense. I would say we have uh, we have those actors by that definition. We don't have anyone in this role though. Yeah. Uh, right. I can, I can think of. Well, I mean, no I think, one's writing know, characters like this anymore yeah. either. Is well, the problem. And we also have to bear in mind that Matthew you know, McConaughey and Sahara. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> Matthew McConaughey is so great if you get in his strike zone, you know, just like a lot of actors. Right. You know, you know, it's like he's, he's 
perfect if you have the Matthew McConaughey role. Um, but we have to bear in mind that, of course, this is the third Indiana Jones movie, and uh, you know everyone everyone's a pro here, and they probably are playing to everyone's strengths as much as possible. You know, it's like we're not going to write a scene for Harrison Ford that Harrison isn't going to be good at. Mm. So, so In- it, including Spielberg, this is him at his most rim lighty. <laughs> well, of course, that's Slocum, the the yeah. DP, more than more than Spielberg. But let's but let let's do pay attention since we're doing both this and and Crystal Skull on the same day. Uh, let's pay yes, attention to, to this and, and really think about because they're like, yeah, we went back and really it, wanted uh, to make sure we got the aesthetic. I'll give you a spoiler. I'm pretty sure I'll no. give you a spoiler. Did not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did fucking not. Too long. Didn't read. They yeah. didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, but now this is this is kind of odd because you know this this is the one time and it works within the context of this movie. But it's like he's like, "Do you believe? Do you believe Marcus?" It's like, well, okay, I know your eyes were closed, but <laughs> something melted a bunch of Nazis, and you were there when that happened. Yeah. Do you think it was coincidence that they all turned to dust? Or is that like some kind of quantum thing where all their electrons just moved to the left as a coincidence in the universe? Or, so, <laughs> so it just, you know, again, it, so, it makes sense. You know, it's great. It fits. And it obviously for the story, this is for him to have that questioning of the faith. And, you know, is all this really real or what is this all about? But again, it's like, but you have kind of already seen the evidence, dude. So here we have Marcus's just terrible, terrible. It, his swing from the Marcus we knew in Raiders, this this terrible, goofy character. And I mean, part of the reason so it is so terrible is because it's literally one scene after an, another where in the in the first scene, Marcus is at his most like Raiders-y in this movie. Right. In, in, talking his way through it with Indy in the room. Talking his way through it in in the room. But even so, in, in Raiders, Indiana Jones is like, I'm, I'm going to go and figure this out. And Marcus is like, if I were a few years younger, I'd go with you. In this movie, in the scene right before that, he goes, you know what? No, this time I am going with you. And so that's he's even more of a badass than he is in Raiders. He's ready to be badass Marcus. Yes. And instead and, he becomes Markish. Yeah, and then in the very next scene he is a, an Abbott yeah. and Costello routine. They had like three hours to get this on one day in Venice. Yeah. And it was like the biggest tourist day in, <laughs> in, in the year. Well, they fucking and, succeeded. Yeah. yeah. I and don't the, see any uh, anachronisms in there. Yeah, and the rest, of, uh, the rest of the stuff in Venice is all on a back lot. Oh, oh, well, cool. Yeah. This There's is like also, this and one other bit. Since this was, you know, going to so be such a big... So this is our footprint in the snow for yeah, being in Venice. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this was going to be such a big uh, movie, that, and, you know, Spielberg always famously wanted to do a James Bond film. I think there's a whole lot of James Bondiness to this well, one. Well, that's oh, why he got Sean Connery to play the Exactly. Father. It's like, it's like, it's really, it's like, this is as close as I'm going to get to a James Bond film. So he's doing, he's doing, in many ways, doing a period James Bond film with a, with a supernatural MacGuffin to it. Yeah. God damn, that guy can wear a hat. Yeah. I wish I looked that good. This and other obvious statements this week on Down in Front. <laughs> Harrison Ford looks good in a hat. Hold on, let me write that down. Wait a second. Wait, wait. Yeah, got it. We got to put I that got, one. It's like, uh, I get that too, yeah. I think, I think another Ryan, reason... Ryan, make sure you put that one in the next uh, <laughs> year in review. I think that another reason Try to get our weapons that, back uh... too. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mike. No, it's fine. Uh, I, I think another reason that I, um, that I personally really like this this movie out of out of all three of them, and I don't think it's necessarily super controversial. I, I, Spielberg even says the same thing um, of the original three. This is his favorite, but I, I think it's because, like we like we said all along, it's a more proactive 
thing. There's <laughs> there is a mystery to be solved in like every scene. Yeah. There's a mystery. It's more of a be, mystery story. Yeah. yeah. There's a mystery being solved, and then and then action beat, and then more mystery to be solved. Right. And even at the end, the whole temple, it's like this series of puzzles and riddles. It's and leveling mysteries up. It's and, cool. Yeah. I love this. Are you going to talk about your time jump here? Yeah. I, it's great. One of my favorite like movie convention things that you never think about, but in real life makes absolutely no sense. So there, the shot is of them outside walking into the the church slash library, and they're having a conversation. And she asks a question, or no, it looks like a converted church, uh, he says. And then it cuts to inside the church, and then he finishes the statement. She answers the statement. Like, well, actually, it technically was. But in real life, there was 20 minutes between (laughs) those two sentences. There was checking IDs, and can you leave your bag in the cubicle there? It would be as if we're walking outside on the street, and I say, what's your name? And then the conversation (laughs) continues over a cut into a building (laughs) where I say, Teague. Yeah. (laughs) What? Wait, what? Yeah. how did that happen? <laughs> Which actually happened to me once as a kid. We went, my mom and I went to see Volcano, and we were talking about, I don't know, the, the scientific plausibility, and she was defending the scientific plausibility of it. And like later that night, like three or four hours later, she said something, and I'm like, what, mom? Oh, no, the, the, the thing with like, the, the, you, know, the, they, you know, it could actually happen, and, and this and that. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? This, the thing about this, it, uh, unfortunately, is they just couldn't get it to work, and in and, and pre-CG, they didn't have a way to dust it. The, the X trick just never has worked, you know, the whole idea of... Really? Yeah. I mean, I because it's, it's, bought it as a kid. Well, okay. I mean, I'm, but, I'm, with a caveat that I was a kid, obviously, yeah, but, but, you know, but I, the, I never had But if you, look at, if you look at it, you know, if you look at it now, especially the final the reveal, it's like, when you see it elsewhere, clearly it's been, like, just sanded away. You know, this whole idea is like that he can't see the X even though it's right in front of him because the light has to hit it. It just doesn't pay off. It just they, they couldn't get that to look right when he finally, you know, you've seen it before and clearly it isn't there <laughs> on this floor. It's like, and here it is. It's just, you know, so clear. The librarian is Albert Einstein, LOL. Oh, I didn't, I, I don't think that even made sense to me as a kid that they were, that you couldn't see that until you got up high. Yeah. Uh, it's like huh? literally, literally, when you see the wide shot earlier, it's not there. Uh, it's, oh wow! Yeah, it's because yeah, that, it's so damn obvious. That yeah. would have that would have had to uh, that that would be better now. They'd be able to pull that off <laughs> exactly. A it's like now. they would have you know if if it had like a, you could do the gloss where it's like the, yeah. you, you have to see the light hit it and you realize that there's a different refraction to it. Yeah. That'd be that'd be a great trick. But making that happen practically, downinfront.net. Fuck your movie magic. Yeah. <laughs> and this guy who's an extra in uh, Batman for some reason. <laughs> I think I think this scene bit is very funny as well. Yeah. It's, it's like, funny. It's funny. It's, it's, it's funny. It's a it's a push. I think, but it's funny. It, it's right on the line of of goofy, like too goofy to be believable. And if honestly, if this were not a movie that were a staple of my childhood, I probably wouldn't give it to it. But yeah. it's Indiana Jones. Oh, so you so play favorites? Yeah. No, no, really hey. But it's also yeah, grandpa, see, like, grandfather. See, clause, see, see how it's oh, like it's see. kind. See, the oh, kind yeah. of the idea is sort of kind of there, but uh, you know, oh, okay. wow, oh. I had never noticed. Clearly, that wasn't that what? Yeah, 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 man. Good point. I, I thought he. I thought. Right. I thought they were just kind of silly, and it's like it's a giant X. How did you not see that till you got up high? But fair now, enough. Are there problems with this movie that you guys have? I, it's been a while since I've seen it, so they'll come to light if they're there as we go. Because I, I can't. I can't I, think of them I, off I the top of my head. You could have said Hitler. Just saying. It's pretty. I, it's I think a golden it's, opportunity. I, I again, I haven't seen it in a very long time, but uh, I remember it's. You know, it works for me. I, it uh, works start to finish. I can't say Hitler because that's one of the great moments in this movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that. They actually went there. They literally went. They literally went there. There's like, all right, Indiana Jones meets Hitler. We'll get to that later. This, I, this Brian I always, has a bit about that too. I do. <laughs> this I always liked. I always liked this this sequence in general. Um, this was 
you know, from again, from memory. So we'll see if I remember. But uh, this idea of creating a scenario. OK, there's they're, they're going underground in Venice. Yeah. So mm-hmm. presumably there should be some water. For some reason, there's oil. But never mind. Um, there's oil under Los Angeles if you if you watch Species. Um, but this whole idea of the rats and then there's oil and the tunnels and, and, and the way it just they build and build and build and build to the point where they're in a sarcophagus in a room on fire with rats coming in the holes. I mean, like, okay, that's how you do a fucking action scene. That's how you craft a suspense scene. I love this little bit here in a second where he's like, what's this, Ark of the Covenant? Yeah. You sure? Uh, pretty sure. Pretty sure. Pretty, pretty yeah. sure. Just saying, I'm pretty sure. In the chat room elsewhere it says this feels a little bit like a, wheels, uh, a Weird Tales moment. This whole, the, the guys are coming out of the hole and coming after him and all that stuff. Yeah, it does. It's you know, this is where this movie feels like to, everything. Go into spooky, go into the spooky mode, which is great. Yeah, I mean, this movie is almost like a Galaxy Quest version of just James Bond's and Indiana Jones and you know, what's well, this? It's every, the, everything. those old serials. Yeah, the old, it, this the old feels very stuff. much like it. Yeah. Uh oh, I see an X. But uh, but X never I, ever marked the I spot. love I love the way the shot just lingers on her. Yeah, the yeah. way she's just checking him it's, out. It's, oh, it's, it's a great damn the head on the rock. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a great setup though because you know later when you find out what her real deal is, it's like well, she was what Hitler was going for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what he was after. Trent. It's like we're gonna make more of those. It's <laughs> funny you watch you watch Alice and Duty in the Last Crusade and you can go I see what Hitler was doing. Yeah. yeah. Yep, that worked. I get it. That totally did work. It's as <laughs> as we say all the time. It's all about the execution. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying Hitler may have had a point. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, nothing, or, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just how you went about it. Yeah. We have some arguments. Depending on how you phrase it, it could be the lack of executions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, o- it's, okay to, it's okay to have more of those, but there's room for the other ones. That's all we're saying. <laughs> yeah. No, stock the world with aliens. That's fine. <laughs> no, but anyway. Uh, seriously, uh, don't kill people. Yeah, seriously, yeah. no genocide. Yeah, no. That's, uh, we frown on that. We, we are down front. <laughs> do not support. Just in case you couldn't tell, now, we don't actually endorse the Holocaust. Here's, <laughs> now, here's, here's what, you know, you kids today, you don't know. These two actors are in a room full of rats. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> There's no other way to get that shot. They're, well, they're like it's half amazing rats nobody half, got cholera on half this mechanical. movie. No, yeah. they, had to, they had to breathe the rats. They had to breathe yeah. a thousand rats, especially clean for rats? this movie. And they still didn't have enough, to right? clean rats. Right? Yeah. And they still didn't have enough, so yeah. they had to make a thousand little mechanical rats yeah. with little worries yeah. inside them. And you can see them later with, during the fire. They're like little, little robo-rats yeah. kind of jiggling. But we we were talking about this feeling like a kind of creepy weird tales vibe and stuff like that, and and uh, Trey was saying in his intro, you know, they really they pulled out of the 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 dive really well mm-hmm. on this one. If you read, they, there's the book that we've discussed in the previous ones, and I've got it here about the making of all four Indiana Jones movies, <laughs> the complete making of Indiana Jones, and it talks about the development process of each one. And the development. This That's a hell of a fucking book. Yeah, and this uh, J. W. Rinsler it's wrote like an it. Inch and a half thick. Yeah, he also wrote the making of Star Wars. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, he, he also he also wrote. <laughs> Just not long enough, I thought. He yeah. also he also wrote the making of Star Wars, making of Empire, and I'm sure he's got a Jedi one coming. Um, but um, yeah, this movie just by the skin of its teeth, was not a complete disaster. <laughs> if you read the, the development of Which it. This is so fascinating that that's how it works sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It, oh, it's great. like It's the same, you know, with Crystal Skull, it's like you, you read it and it's like, and, and the same with Raiders. It's like at any point if they had stopped, it would have been just like Crystal Skull. Like it would have been that ridiculous and silly and bad. And they managed. It's but just they the momentum. Just, they just kept going and it got to this, like it was originally going to be about exploring a Scottish castle and it was very Scooby-Doo like yes, the murderer yes, was a ghost. I that. And, and there was this whole thing and that that was the movie. And then that got reduced to the, the One little plot the to intro. get Indy out. That was, yeah, that was the intro. And then that 
then they just kept the Scottish castle for where the, the Nazis were holed up, but they took yeah. away all the ghosts and hey, stuff. Back to the future, the power source was going to be a nuclear bomb. Yes. You know. anyway, no, a nuclear anyway. bomb and a fridge. Yeah, the car hey. a refrigerator. Real quick, Nate has a, a great trope. I, we haven't even read this one before, which is weird because we probably should have. Uh, Hollywood torches. A Hollywood torch <laughs> yeah, yeah. is a piece of wood about a foot and a half long, the end of which burns very brightly. It emits no significant smoke. It never burns out. It tends to produce just enough light to fully illuminate a room, no matter how big the room is, unless there's something horrible in a corner. <laughs> and it happens. It 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 magically burn, uh, cast, sheds as much light as uh, HMI or yeah, pretty uh, much six hundred. Yeah, I mean it's like Hollywood and light. and he he oiled it by dipping it in this supposedly oil in the in the in the water here. There, there's your robo rats, kind of like rubber ducks floating along there. Um, robo rats. That, yeah, and then they proceed to walk and cover themselves in this yeah. oily water while cover, carrying a torch. Man, know. look at the diffusion. They, the, I was going to say leading lady diffusion there. Yeah. Vaseline and, on the lens here. And they swim under this oil, in this oil, yes. with their eyes open. Yeah. It's yeah. like, well, it's like that's baby the part oil. that always hurt my eyes. Yeah. But I, I think it's supposed it's, to be floating. It's supposed on to be separating. Yeah. yeah, oil and water do separate. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to say, I I did have to actually make a torch for a a, a project that I was doing. <laughs> so I literally just took a stick and I took some cloth and then I I poured some lamp oil on it. Um. It's that sucker burned forever. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, when is this going out? <laughs> you know, I finished the shot. Did you have a problem like, with the oil dripping down on the stick at all? No, it's uh, it, it stays, just got into yeah, the cloth and it stayed stays there. Right. If you completely soaked it, then you might have a problem. But, Crazy. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah. actually, the uh, the actress got burned. Something dripped on her hand, and she got a scar from it. Oh wow! This is your pain. Movie. It's right here. Yeah. Don't shut this out. Exactly. It's uh, totally going in the movie. Now, uh, this is a line that everyone that's ever lived in Venice, California. Hates. Said, yeah. Hates now. Uh, but has said, yeah. Someone will just step uh, out of their Venice. car and it'll smell like fucking shit and there will be a hobo eating a seagull. <laughs> you go, ah, Venice. <laughs> True hey, there are parts of Venice, California that are very nice. Yeah. Now here's the here's the the James Bondiest of, of everything oh, in yeah, the movie. Yeah. yeah. This is a total period James Bond piece. And, and a beautiful and, and beautifully boat. well done. Yeah. I was a, talking about the boat. And look at the sequence stuff. is great, but the yeah, boat is the boats, the boats are beautiful. Wood boats, dude. Remember uh, on Golden Pond? Wood boats are pretty. You are my boat in shining armor. Anyway, this is so fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. I want to have a boat fun. chase. With By the way, there's a, there, the, uh, the wake speed in Venice is like two miles per hour. It's like you have to idle throughout Venice. I think there are parts where you can't even have a motor. Probably. That's what the gondoliers are about. And yeah, by exactly. the way, this is so retardedly obvious. If you ever just stopped for two seconds to think about how Venice got this way, it makes perfect sense, and you never should have had to think about it in the first place. But I just never thought about it. I just watched the movie and liked Venice and never thought about it. Venice is flooded. It's a real city that's flooded, and they're just trying to get higher and higher on the buildings <laughs> to live. Yeah. Right. It's a flooded city. It's not a city built in the water. <laughs> Ven- it's like the Leaning Tower of Pisa. It's, it's fucked up. It's a, it's Ven- a swamp. Venice, it's a big floodplain. Yeah, the, yeah, Venice is like New Orleans in the sense that it's slowly sinking over time. It's like yeah. a half an inch a year, whatever it is. And it's just hey, hey. New Orleans, use that. <laughs> yeah, they actually have. Um, they actually now have um, tidal. You know, tidal. They're trying to like, like literally. Like it's it's going to be an inland, an inland sea because ah. they're trying to like block off the the water. Because good call, they can't. man. In the chat room, elsewhere has a good pun. Teague should get one of these boats and name it Teague Christie. <laughs> Now, did you guys see the video when the it was was it New York that area that was like it was raining a lot and it was flooding like a month ago, two months ago, and some guy busted out his jet ski and was going up and down the streets outside of New York, which was fucking badass. 
He's like going down the street at 40 miles an hour on a jet ski. I remember. I, I remember. There's like a truck trying to drive by, <laughs> and a guy on a jet ski. Hey, well, it you, was that you great always, like SUV uh, water skiing. Whenever that yeah. happened, we did that in Florida. When you, it you always see those. Once. You always see those pictures. God, you guys and I were saw, yokels. <laughs> I saw. I saw some pictures of whenever it's flooded. You see people in you know boating around in the middle of a residential street and people in the inner tubes. But I remember I recently Florida flooded as well. And I was reading a blog that had pictures and someone was like, I'm from Florida. There are alligators. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who is letting their kid inner tube around the streets with alligators afoot? <laughs> Did you ever see an alligator? Not in like an obvious place in Florida. Like you see no, them all actually, the way out, out, when you're going out to the NASA area. Yeah. You see them on that side of the road or in little crocodile farms because uh, kennedy space center in, in cape canaveral that whole area is actually inside of a, a big wildlife preserve it's fucking so a swamp they're just yeah they're just uh, animals all over the place but no I, I never actually did outside of any a zoo setting or something. we saw one yeah uh, just me like and on the side of the road not on the side of the road it was there was a pond by our apartment center and there's a little alligator in it it was the weirdest thing that ever happened <laughs> in my life because alligators are next to zebras and hippos in your brain where it's like never see that animal yeah hey there's, guys there's a few of those in in florida where you're like you're, Scorpions. You're from the Lion King. You're not, you're not in real life. You should be singing and animated. <laughs> you don't. <coughs> Hakuna Matata. <laughs> Braden in the chat says, Indy should have turned the boat on its side like Han Falcon does with the Han does with the Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> it goes through the boats on its side. Yeah. It busts the flag off. That actually, by the way, was an like amazing physical effect too. Oh, yeah. The fact, I mean, that was and that was a lo- there was a long take of that too, where they were, they were the in a boat that was up. being systematically <laughs> destroyed by the propeller. Beautiful piece of work, dude. Nice rack. <laughs> hey, whoa! Am I? Yeah. I this hey, is I'm get with, weird. I'm with. If you're my chicks here, but otherwise, yeah. yeah. Maybe after. <laughs> Brian, do you want to do your bit about the uh, the grill alert? <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. I mean, we did it on the Geeks uh, Commentary a million years ago. But so, <laughs> I, I really, I still wonder. I've had this idea since probably since college. Ryan and I have uh, my friend Ryan. This idea for <laughs> so the Brotherhood of the Cruciform Soul exists solely to protect Sword. the Grail. Sorry, Sword. 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 Uh, they exist solely to protect the Grail and keep anybody who's getting close to finding it from finding it. That is their sole function and reason for being. But nobody, up until Sean Connery and Harrison Ford, have ever gotten close. And they, as a society, have existed for hundreds How and hundreds know? of years. I think they say it at some point in the movie. I think. Maybe. I think they do. In any case, in any case they still had a lot of time to fill. They still, have yeah. a, they still have a lot of time and a mission that doesn't really require them to do a whole lot. I'm I sure really worn out deck of cards <laughs> on the shelf. And... So it's, yeah, so the, the skit idea that I still really want to do is just cut to like the firehouse. That the I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like they're volunteers. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, guys, and if, so, you, if you have a donut, you have to put a dollar in, all right? Yeah. I'm seriously. Otherwise, the, it's going away. Yeah. So, yeah. Some, some Somebody's not going to get to protect the grail anymore. All right? That's what I'm saying. Do you want to just do the bit? Well, so the bit is, it, the, the idea would be that they're just like sitting at the card table playing Dude. solitaire, and then the alarm grail goes alert. off. Grail alert. And then they have the guys kind of look at each other a second and go, what the hell is that? <laughs> have you guys ever heard that before? Is that, what the, is that what the truck is outside for? <laughs> should we should we, what, do, what we do? do something? Are you guys not hearing the grail alert? <laughs> yeah, and there's like the one guy who like reads the manual every week yeah. and he's just like really up on all the guys, procedure. There's a grail alert. First of all, we have to put on the outfit. <laughs> 304 people. Now, okay, Jerry come here. Let me stencil in the the, the tattoo. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I haven't even got my tattoo yet. Here's your gun. It's loaded. Boy, Allison Duty is a messy housekeeper. You know, I don't particularly like cleaning up my room or straightening up my apartment. Yeah. I do it, but I don't like it. And I would not like this. 
But I would like <laughs> to come home one day and find my place ransacked. Like someone was digging for something I have. They didn't steal anything. They just like turned everything on its edge like a tornado went through. I wouldn't know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> there was a joke in some movie where they, they go back to the hero's apartment and the woman goes, oh my God, they've been here already. And the guy goes, what? Nothing, what? <laughs> this is just my place. Yeah. There's, there's, bathroom, I know there's a movie bedroom, where they've done that joke. Kitchen. You can have anything in the fridge. Yeah. Allison Duty was a looker, man. She's what nineteen in this? She's yeah. Carrie Fisher and Alice and Duty were both babies in the movies that we know them from. You know, it's, and Spielberg and Lucas. I'm just saying. <laughs> Can I call him Splukus? Splukus. And there's the there's the line in Raiders where that, <laughs> I was a child. I was. A child. There, there's the line in Raiders that makes Indiana Jones a pedophile. I'm just saying. And someone in the chat pointed out that if that guy in the beginning was Abner, that would make Marion a baby around that point, which would yeah. make her like 16 years younger than Indiana Jones. Yep. That's true. She would have been, and he would have been thirty-four in Raiders, which means that at that point she would have been like, what, fourteen? He's not thirty-four. Sixteen in Raiders. He's not that old, is he? Maybe not. Maybe he's in his early thirty. Early thirties, yeah. I would say thirty. Maybe. <laughs> not like thirty-four. No, early thirties no. at most, not thirty-four. By I don't know of anyone who's lived you're... past thirty-four. <laughs> I just assume that the red ruby in your hand goes off at thirty-four. Yeah, pretty much. It. Tragically, really? tragically, it doesn't. <laughs> That's the bad news. You just gotta keep. Is that a Logan's Run reference? Yes. Yeah. My God, Brian. What? Just wasn't expecting Logan's Run. You know, it, it hit me on the side nobody of the head. Logan's no, run. nobody expects Logan's Run. Shovel on. Anyway, have you guys? Anyone ever been to Venice, yep. Italy? Really? Mm-hmm. When? When I was a kid. Cool. Went to Europe. That water must be filthy. <laughs> went to Europe, yeah. yeah. Totally went to Europe. I, I, You're the same guy who went to Antarctica on a spy boat, right? Not on a spy boat. No, no, no. It was a Russian, Russian science vessel. Not that I can say. <laughs> Russian science vessel, which means spy boat. <laughs> Russian science vessel that was being spied upon by the KGB because they spied on everybody. Now, uh, Salzburg in Austria. That's you a, have a dark You night? know, tragically, <laughs> right now, um, as we record this, um, a whole bunch of people from the asylum are in Austria uh, shooting a, a movie. And uh, it's Rachel Goldenberg, our friend. Rachel, Rachel Goldenberg. Goldenberg is directing. And Alexander Yellen. And, and the, the whole, whole, the whole crowd. Yeah. For some um, reason, I didn't have the asylum pegged as a location kind of thing. They, 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 they do. do. They do. Every it's, now and then. They'll spend all the money to get everybody to a really awesome location. There's no money left to shoot the movie when they get there. <laughs> but they have these awesome locations. That's how the thing got made, isn't it? Yeah. So they're doing... Uh, I was talking to Rachel before, and because we're talking about a project I, I wanted to work on with her. And, and she said, I'm really trying not to do any asylum movies. Next thing I know, she's in Austria directing one. And I was like, <laughs> you know... If if it meant a trip to Austria, I'd have directed another asylum movie too. <laughs> that's their I, that's totally understandable. It literally and it's a fairy tale movie because Austria looks like a fucking fairy. It looks like a fucking fairy tale, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, the swan's still there. <laughs> fucking fairy tale, isn't it? <laughs> that's for those who have seen In Bruges. How does uh how does this moment hold up for you at this point? You guys? Well, the, where the, he's being a, a wacky the beret guy. is entirely different from when it's in the in the car, so it totally destroys the illusion <laughs> for me. Oh. That's the problem. You've it's been true. getting a lot of incredulous looks from me today. <laughs> it's true. It's a roll, man. I like it. I, I, well, I like it because he doesn't pull it off. Yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah, he's right. He tries it. He doesn't want to like have to punch it, everybody. Yeah. You know how every now and then you'll learn an obscure word and you'll keep it because you like it so much? Like when I first heard the word proletariat, I learned it. and I, 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 I try to throw it in conversation <laughs> once a year. I hang on to it. I would have no use for the word tapestries if not because I always want to make that joke when I see one. So you go to Lowe's and they have the big fucking rugs hanging up on the thingy. I just go, yes, they have many tapestries. Mm. That's Not the only reason I still have tapestries. I never need tapestries. But they have many tapestries. 
But if you are Scottish Lord, then I, I am Mickey Mouse. Ma- Wasn't it like nine different things before it was Mickey Mouse? Didn't they try like yeah? I think if you actually like watch Buster the Keaton, scenes, Red Skelton, Daffy Duck, Mickey Mouse, <laughs> it's like they just tried everything. They, it's funny they they did the same thing they did with the I love you I know scene in Empire. Like we don't know how to make this work. We'll just keep fucking just keep saying things. things. Just keep saying stuff, and one of them will work, or it or it's lunch. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll just keep shooting yeah. till lunch. Actually, they came up with that line, but they didn't tell Carrie Fisher. That was that was the argument. Is, uh, is, you know, she was like, oh, oh yeah. So I'm like a no, so it's oh. I like, I have to say I love you, and he gets to say I know. Fuck that shit. Well, so they go, they gave her you know they gave her her you know chance to come back in, in Jedi. They did a callback on that. If you if you read the secret history of Star Wars and that that transcript of um, Irvin like uh, some journalist Irvin Kirshner Irvin Kirshner Irvin Kirshner uh, some journalist had microphoned. Uh, uh, he got to be Christian on set for, for that. He was on set for a day on, on Empire, and it happened to be that day. Yeah. And he had the mic on Harrison and Kirsch when Harrison pulled Kirsch into the trailer and said, the scene's not working, let's work on it. And and at which point they worked out. out the I love you thing. Yeah. And it was Harrison's idea, according to the transcript. Yeah. And, 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 and part and of the transcript... The story's, is, in, the story's in the making of Empire Strikes Back as yeah. well, which I have. And, and, and part of the transcript is Carrie Fisher getting all pissy because nobody told her. Yeah. What, yeah. yeah. Which... Understandable. Yeah, you know. I can see it because you know you can smell an iconic moment when you see one. <laughs> you can smell an iconic moment when you see. One. Actually, no, no, if you don't hear it, usually you can't. <laughs> you can kind of go, "This is, I'm going to look stupid." You know, it's like, no, it's going to be the most memorable line in the entire movie. Yeah, you know, I, I knew that. <laughs> totally knew that ahead of time. This movie's going to be terrible. Oh, uh, by actually, the way, it's a classic. I knew that. I'm like pretty sure that's Sean Connery on screen right now. Yeah, yeah well, it's always Sean Connery on screen, isn't it? Isn't it always about you? Yeah. He is just. I love the detail. As someone who did not grow up on James Bond and has limited exposure to Sean Connery, I just know him as this thing, this, you know, massive guy. This man who can have sex right. with it's, anybody he wants. It's exactly. weird how there are who, two Sean Connerys. There's, the, there's oh. this one, and then there's the James Bond one. Right. right. Well, it's weird to watch uh, Hot Fuzz because Timothy Dalton is the bad, the weirdo, goofy bad guy in Hot Fuzz. He's the guy who runs the store. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's James Bond, too. They're all James Bond. Timothy and then Dalton Pierce, is... is I, I really love him. In I the, do too. Yeah, I thought he was great, and uh, I really liked his James Bond movies. The uh, the uh, the Living Daylights is uh, one of my more favorite recent ones. Much better than the Brosnans for me. I love this. This took me. This detail took me years to actually notice. But I love the fact that he wore a tie to go rescue his dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, he's wearing a tie. <laughs> For the wow! Te- for the tapestries. That's yeah. a good point, man. Because he's he wants he's, he's, he's trying to impress he's his like, dad. He's like he's puffing himself up for the dad. Yeah. That's great. I'd never noticed that before. Anyway, what I was getting on to Sean Connery about is just this was my first exposure to him, and far and away is the biggest fraction of my Sean Con- Connery exposure to date. And I just love the shit out of him. He is so great. I I totally get the Sean Connery thing, and it's weird because even though he's tanner in this movie than he is now, he hasn't really in in the twenty five years since this movie or whatever it's been. He's aged about seven or eight of them, so I don't know where those seven other years have gone. Days, but mean, someone, right? but someone else is uh, much older because of it. That well, there is a painting of Sean Connery that he keeps in his attic that just grows and grows and yeah. grows older. That's why they they're not releasing Never Say Never Again on Blu-ray because that's where it's happening. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> if you see if you can see that in Blu-ray. Ooh, ooh. There's an idea for not a movie. Pretty. A movie star somehow manages to stay, but there's just one copy of like <laughs> his version of Goldeneye or something. Yeah. Or Goldfinger, rather. Yeah. <laughs> so you keep going back to this this movie, and the James Bond it's, figure, and he keeps getting older yeah. and older and older in this movie within a movie. That is a neat idea. So Nazis, you hate them, right? I hate these yeah. guys. Yeah, it's you know, great go back to the though. back to the classics. And actually, actually, the 
a lot of these outfits are real Nazi uniforms. They're not costumes. They got them out of <laughs> yeah. they got them out right. of some archive. Austria, ah, yeah. Austria. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who's that guy in Austria that's just like is responsible for hanging on to all the Nazi uniforms? Right. Well, it's some kind of historical archive. So it's it's that and like their first car or whatever. Yeah. They're Smithsonian. They're yeah. like, yeah, we got the Nazi. It's costume. right next to a big uh, exhibit about corn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> corn. Here's a tractor. Here's Nazi shit. <laughs> corn. Nature's thing. So here's, and Nazis. here's all the things that uh, the land of Austria has done over its many, many centuries of existence. Where, where's the Nazi part? <laughs> yeah. All of these with the Nazis. Yeah. All of these with the Nazis. I mean, this is four Wouldn't pages you like to see the Schwarz- <laughs> We've got a Schwarzenegger part. Yeah. Would you rather. Please. Look at the many fairy tale castles we have. Yeah. <laughs> Look, it's pretty. It's like Sleeping Beauty Castle, yeah? Didn't you guys kill people? <laughs> okay, one time. <laughs> it was the, crazy. Sleeping ch- Beauty, lots of lots of dying in that <laughs> one too. In the chat, you like? I it. think I think this is in the character of uh, of Indy. But Pavlich says, "Nazis, you hate them, right? I hate them myself." <laughs> okay. Okay. It was from a minute ago, but I didn't want to jump over you. I mm. this is kind of Nazis. You, Kill them all you want. No, I don't know movie. about I don't know about you guys, but as a kid, that line always confused the hell out of me. Of like, I didn't understand why Which Nazis definitely, uh, you know, where Sean Connery says, "Oh, she, she's she's a Nazi because she talks in her sleep." I didn't understand what <laughs> definitionally about Nazis meant that they talked in their sleep. Uh-huh. And I, I found out. Then one of my girlfriends talked in her sleep, and I was like, <gasps> <"She's not- laughs> yeah. Yeah. "My no, thing that's... is, what did she say in her sleep?" Yeah, see Kyle probably. Yeah, see Kyle. She's giving her such a, a Nazi man. Just, <laughs> yeah. Now that's a great. That is a great reversal. I have yeah. to say, the first time I saw the movie is like I did not see that one coming. It's like, oh, son of a bitch. I liked poor, her. Poor Indy. Like, oh, it's okay. That just pushes her farther <laughs> into the fetish zone of yeah. hot Nazi. Yeah. See, well, well, of course, and rightly so, because in the end, of course, he gets her back. It's like, ah, now you want me, right? Yeah. See, now you now you feel bad. How many? Uh, how often have you guys been uh, fighting off your dad's? Sloppy seconds. <laughs> it hasn't happened to me that often in my life. I think it's only happened to me once. Go on. It didn't happen. Okay. Oh, 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 oh. Boy, you Missouri this, people. Uh, this, by the way, that was Sean Connery's idea. Which one? The fact the, that he slept the, with her. The fact that he slept with her. He yeah. was like, he was oh, like, shocking. the whole point. The yeah, whole point is, I've done, I've done everything before him and better, so I should have slept with the girl too. <laughs> yeah. And you know where he probably got that idea after sleeping with Allison? <laughs> <Judy>. Probably <laughs> so. Yeah. He's like. Perhaps during, which, Perhaps during. which does lead, to, a great does lead to one of my favorite little one-liners in this movie, one of the more subtle ones. It's, not, it's, uh, it's like, hey, I'm as, I'm as human as the next man. Well, I was the next man. It's just, <laughs> I always thought that was a great line. Dad, do you have crabs? <laughs> Slime of humanity. Got some itches. Uh, uh, but, but actually, apparently much of, of the character Sean Connery brought to it. He's like, no, no, no. Shocking. Here's how this has got to be. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Which you know you can get when you hi- when you hire somebody like Sean <laughs> yeah. Connery. Yeah. Why didn't it work on the Avengers? Yeah. You know, I've been through, through Austria gentlemen. with yeah. a map with no names. <laughs> <laughs> there was a page taken the, out of the well, middle. They, they took it to um, uh, Tom Stomper did uh, an right. uncredited rewrite. Really? I, I didn't know uh, that. Uh, Tom, Tom Stomper did. Really? Well, Tom Stoppard playwright basically, dead. basically wrote all of the dialogue between Indy and and specifically between Indy and Henry. <laughs> Every wow, time I, I hear any anecdote about Tom Stoppard, I want to high five him. Yeah, <laughs> good job, buddy. Rosencrantz and Indiana. I, Tom Stoppard, I would love to just give the next 
you know, anything. Hundred and fifty million dollar tentpole franchise movie. <laughs> That'd be too. great. We'll see, see what happens with Joss Whedon's hundred and fifty yeah, million dollar tentpole. Yeah, that's that's the, kind of the. What's going to suck is it's it, just statistically it has a very good chance of being awful. Regardless of Joss, Joss is great, but it has a really good chance of being awful. And I'll bet you, I'll bet you dollars to donuts, absolutely no chance it dissuades anyone about Joss Whedon. No, probably not. I think he's in the yeah, unquestionable zone. Yeah, exactly. He's, yeah, it's he's like, he's oh, no, the studio's, the studio's fucked Well, yeah. it's not going to dissuade anyone either way. The people who, who are in his corner are going to be in his corner. And if yeah. it's awesome, the people who think he's a crappy hack aren't going to be convinced. Yeah, well, the Avengers either. was awesome anyway. Anyone, anyone yeah. How do you that. screw up the Avengers? Yeah. yeah. Honestly, See, I don't know how you pull one. the Avengers off. I mean, we've talked. Well, yeah, we've said, yeah. One of the staples of, of bad comic book movies is having too many villains. What happens when you have too many heroes? Yeah. Wow. But Interesting. Uh, you use that. <laughs> you use the fact that they all want to be the main character, and you make that the tension in the story. <laughs> Based on the trailer that's what you do. And, and how Tony Stark is acting, I think that's what we're going to get. Here's a great trope. Piggybacking on Hitler. It's very specific, but it's used a lot. <laughs> wow. A villain joins the Nazis during World War II, impresses Hitler enough to get his own squadron, then uses these resources for his own gain. This villain often sees Hitler as just another obstacle to overcome later. It's like it was made for this movie. Let me see if there's other examples. What, yeah, that what, we'll know. what else? Where else is that? Captain one America, Captain America, would be another, Sebastian yeah. Shaw in X Men First Class, Rasputin in the Hellboy film. Okay, yeah, yeah. and it, it, uh, act, it I actually did, I says, like it better the way Rasputin in the Hellboy. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, that's says. Hellboy. Yeah, that's what it says. Yeah, Rasputin in the Hellboy uh, film. Yeah, that's uh, Hellboy. And it even says Indiana Jones likes this trope. Yeah. <laughs> First was Belloc, then Walter Donovan. Why? Why? But they call him Balosh. Why is this truck there? Why does that work? That doesn't work. Well, you see, the thing is, there's works. nothing real about the city. They're all trucks. They were just yeah. waiting. It was like a pinball it's machine. It's a truck city. Oh, okay. it's, a tr- it's truck city. Yeah, that's a little... Oh, and you know, okay. I can actually retcon a reason for it to be that way. Because if you're a farmer please, please and, you grow, and you grow your agriculture and, and, your, and your dry goods that you're going to bring to market, you just load them in the truck, back them into a storefront, and then you can just go back into the truck, get what they want, and then you can just take it back. You don't have to do inventory. Actually, that we should totally do more of that here. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good idea. Yeah. But the fact but, but that... It's, the but it's not that, a storefront. It's just a false wall. Well, yeah. I know, but... I, he had him... The fact that he put him into there and it just so happened to be the that's Nazis... Wacky. Yeah, that's yeah. the... Yeah. 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 Unless Saul is working with the enemy. That would be there the you go. That would be the reversal. That would be the thing. That'd and my defense. And then, and then Marcus, and then Sala's also working with the Nazis. <laughs> Everyone's working with the Nazis. <laughs> that Just no one slept with Sala. <laughs> yeah, then it turns out that even his dad is working for the Nazis. Like, ah, it was a, a double-double cross. And then at like, the end of it, his glasses break. <laughs> Roll credits. Yeah. At the end of it, it turns into a total Brazil thing, and it turns out he was working for the Nazis. <laughs> yeah, that's right. His hat was working for the Nazis all along. <laughs> you would have done the same. Ah, this movie is so movie. I love it, movie. You're a good movie. It's attractive, too. It's a good movie. It's a good-looking movie. It's a stylish, attractive movie. Yes, it is. I'm sorry. Allison Duty's on screen, and that's just kind of the words. <laughs> yeah, she's, I'm, I'm in the middle of another she, sentence. And she's, and full, then... f- she's full metal Fraulein right here. I mean, yeah. it's like you could, could she look more like a Nazi chick? And She doesn't can, even have a Can I just put on. this on the table? I'm just going to put this on the table. Yeah, really. I'm down. <laughs> okay. I'm down. You, you're okay with Ilsa She-Wolf? I, I thought. I thought. I would have thought. No chance you could get me to to want to bang a Nazi. Um, oh yeah, I would wreck that chick. Oh, <laughs> well, no. Nazi. The, well, the you don't have is... to agree with their politics. <laughs> <laughs> and the... maybe I could fix her. You know, <laughs> I would fuck the Nazi out of her. <laughs> <laughs> I think the appeal in a woman like that is that she would wreck you. <laughs> That's the appeal. Yeah, Dude, and you would like it. In either yeah. case, on a tank. Yeah, <laughs> you would do her on a tank. Okay. Anyway, this is cute. I love the perfect noose around them. 
It's yeah. like they, the the guy who was doing the rope, the actual Nazi guy who did the rope job, was like, "I will have no spaces. I will no. Yeah. This is going to be <laughs> yeah, no. a perfect four tier loop." That, that is some fine German engineering. <laughs> I take pride in my work. Yes. <laughs> Henrik, have you finished the tying? Not yet. <laughs> schnell, schnell. It will be perfect. <laughs> La. This is if you've got a thousand year Reich, you're not even going to let me finish this loop. <laughs> Come on, he turned Jewish there, but <laughs> yeah, it well, you know, slipped out there. He was, oh. yeah, but no one, none of them heard <laughs> it. None of them the Jews it. tie the best knots. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if this is Wild Wild West, that knot would be made of rubber bands, and they could have just anyway slapped apart from it. Feels like a cigarette lighter. Oh God! What is it about this movie that just turns off my ability to be critical or judgmental at all? Yeah, it's you were six. I, I was actually just thinking about this. Like, there's so much of this movie that is completely like we we it's say grandfathered it, in. It's we just... we say at the beginning it's goofy, but it's really really goofy. And I honestly, I think if I were to watch this movie now, I would not have I would not be able to give it the same suspension of disbelief, and it would not work. I don't. Uh, think. I don't know because they're not doing anything incredibly stupid. Like he's he did a. Th- Every action that he's taking makes sense. It's not like they're being goofy just to be goofy like you see in some movies. It's like he pulled out his lighter. Okay, I'm going to try and set the, the rope on fire. Not that that would have probably gone very well either. But <laughs> And didn't. Yeah, but he's not But he's not. You know, an action hero. He's like, I've got an idea. We'll do this. And then he ends up setting the and, – and he pulls it off again because of his performance because he's just like, the floor's on fire. <laughs> And the chair, and <laughs> yeah. he's just—he's just call—he's just reporting it as it's happening, yeah. and it's—it's it, it, like we've—it's the opposite of what we talked about with the Spider-Man movies, where that is a person going right. through this situation right there. As long as the behavior of the human being on screen is believable, yeah, you will believe it. There's a, a this this whole series is actually riddled with the trope "Say my name," which is the best way to get someone's attention at any time for any purpose under any set of emotional circumstances is just to say their name over and over again. <laughs> hence dad yeah. hence Indy hence yeah. anything like that hence Alarm because she's actually talking to a guy named Alarm in the back room really because yeah. I always <laughs> thought she was saying Allah <laughs> it does sound like Allah so she's it's, it's a German chick in in Nazi occupied Austria saying Allah yeah <laughs> I was four and I had a problem with that I didn't know what was going on well, maybe I mean there not, we go. Nazis She's, are evil, Muslims are evil. I mean it all I never watched it with the subtitles on. Let's this see is what she says. Cut to my Heath Ledger face. Yeah. Not, not yeah. sure if serious. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. I like the smile though. Like she doesn't here we go. What's it say? Alarm. Alarm. Yeah. Yeah. Alarm. Did you really not know that? I thought it was a law. No. Yeah. Alarm. The German word for alarm. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea that she, they don't have an alarm. She just, there's a lady her. who has to start her alarm. Job. It's like the Flintstones. Yeah. yeah. She's like a pterodactyl bird. Yeah. She just sits there and screams alarm when things scare her. She's like E.T. Wow, that's a burning-ass building. Now, yeah, with the, real smoke. Earlier, they did, a crane jo- they did a crane shot through the fire, which was fantastic. Yeah. Now, how in the world does Henry Jones Sr. have the kind of upper, upper body strength that you need to pull off that trick? Yeah. The force. He's... Because he's fucking James Bond, yeah, man. Fair enough. They they uh, they burned down that set as as you would expect. Yeah, yeah. that was their last day of shooting. They're like, "How are we going to strike the set?" Ha ha! <laughs> I've got an idea. In the chat room, fireproof. Huh? Good timing. <laughs> fireproof points out, you know, the Temple of Doom had monkey brains, burning cages, child slavery. We're not really allowed to call this movie goofy. No, it's like well, they're both goofy. It's, it's a sliding it's, scale. No, th- this is this is goofier than. Last uh, 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 Raiders. Raiders, yeah, um, it's closest yes, to analog yes. in the series. Yeah, yeah. but That's it's an amazing piece of practical and, uh, set oh, work yeah. right there too. Yeah. That thing actually works. 
that someone can fall down it as it's deploying. My That's question for impressive. this, he they run into the room and he says there has there's got to be some kind of secret yeah. passageway or something. Uh, Why? Explain your logic. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Yeah. It seems like a jump. And then you know, and then within amid the tapestries, yes. it's a castle. You have pe- yeah. tapestries and secret. <laughs> passages. That's what tapestries. That's what tapestries are for yeah. to block <laughs> airflow from between the stones. Often there are passages behind the tapestries. Now the moment here is in the film, just to indicate Indy is thinking faster than Henry Jones Sr. And that's fine. So when he throws him the bag, he throws it back and says, we're not taking the boat. And then you get the, we're not taking the boat. But the actual human activity of that moment, if you didn't know the plot of the movie was happening around you as you're in this moment, is that your son is trying to start the boat and you hurl a briefcase at his face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> helpful. Yeah. Helpful. Thanks for the help there, Dad. You could have held on to it. You could have tossed it in the boat. You could have waited and brought it in with you. Yeah. You know. But that's exactly the kind of thing a parent would do because they, they, assume, they always assume that they're two steps ahead of you. And even when even when they're not, yeah, he's like, "Here, you got this. Yeah. I'm not throwing it in the boat. It could get wet." <laughs> By the way, Brian, uh, yeah. Braden says it's a Nazi castle. They all have secret passages. <laughs> this is day one shit. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. true. true one of the one of the reasons a moment like I, I was just yay ooh ooh scared so for motorcycle yeah. and orchestra as that as that um, as that moment happened and Indy felt. I mean, we're talking about it being kind of a goofy movie, and Indy falls down the stairs. I'm like. And and I'm trying to think about it without grandfathering anything in. And I'm like, that's still okay to me compared to that kind of thing happening in Crystal Skull. Why is that okay? And I think the reason is because um, because it's Henry doing it to Indy as opposed to Indy doing it to himself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I, I was... I'm only disappointed in these sort of like, there must be a secret passage. Well, I find if I sit down and yeah. a chair makes... it's It's like, well, that wasn't... Convenient. Very contrived, yeah. but okay. But it's like there's a, there are a lot of those in this movie where there's there's a lot of construction constructions that you go, oh, that's great the way they built and built. And then there's things like, and uh, the storefront is a Nazi truck. The end. Right. You know, it's yeah. like yeah. okay, you were just trying to like sort of get that things hard, moving. That uh, one's harder to blink through. Yeah, you just try to get things rolling. I get it. They try this on MythBusters, and unfortunately, you can't uh, properly explode a motorcycle by putting a, a pole by between a, spokes. By, yeah, yeah. yeah you can joust that... someone off of one, sure as yeah, shit. And yeah, the laws, of phys- the laws of physics apply. And even though the Nazis, you know, it's, tried so hard to make it not apply, but... it's, well, it's it's movie physics, and Indiana yeah. Jones is one of the more famous examples of movie physics out there. Bump bump, bum 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 bum. It's funny the way they. They, they, I mean, they they explain how they did it, but it's like if you watch the shot, maybe it's yeah. just people who have you know people like us who are familiar with movies. But I'm like, I can totally see that it's at a standstill Clearly, and blown yeah. up into the air. Clearly, yeah. it's yeah. like where that giant blast of smoke come <laughs> yeah. from exactly. That one's bad. You know what's worse is the uh, angle the bus takes off of the uh, unfinished highway and speed. Yeah, where oh, yeah. it's like we're going to just try to drive off of one onto the other. Okay, flat jump. Here we go. Off at 45. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, Which, like, uh, it's like fucking U571 out the water. They did, it was pretty spectacular when they did that one on Mythbusters, too. Yeah, I just saw that episode. <laughs> it, was it was awesome. It, you know, the joke was, guys, there's absolutely no reason to do this. <laughs> yeah, other than it's awesome. But they did, in fact, We're get a, smash they, a they bus. had Tori make up a remote-controlled bus. They jumped it off a ramp. It went about the length of the bus. It did not yeah. go the required, like, 100 feet that the actual jump was. Just in case you were wondering, no, it's not possible. Yeah, no. yeah, because the way they did it in, in the actual Gravity. movie is they they had a special ramp, and then as soon as the first wheels went off, they changed the shape of the ramp in such a way so that it kicks up the back of the bus. And yeah, there was gave a piston it more under airtime. it. It yeah. pushes you up. Uh, and oh, they I did it about eight cuts as well. Yeah, for those of uh, the listeners that either don't get have access to or care about the MythBusters, uh, Clayton points out one more fun fact about that MythBusters thing with regards to the spoke in the wheel, which was that to even get anything to happen, 
they had to build special reinforced uh, steel cast iron steel spokes because yeah. what would happen was it would just the, the stick would go in it would catch on the actual frame of the bike and then the spokes would just break and just go, yeah. either and the stick just, breaks and, or the and, spokes and, break and then it would that's, just roll on that's what you get it so they had to make this fucking like two inch thick piece of metal spoke just to get anything to happen to get the thing to stop yeah. And, the, and, then, and then what happens is Nothing. it stops. It's like hitting the brakes. So to actually make it go off, they had to do a whole air mortar explosion thing, this, which is because that's how you do it. Unless they made this movie on the moon. Yes. So they're having a well, bit of a lengthy conversation. Like, Fortunately, we've destroyed all the Nazis in Austria, so we can stop and have <laughs> <Yeah>. this conversation. <laughs> well, he does, he, he does hang a lantern. He's like, we have an entire army behind us. <laughs> yeah. Can we make a decision here? Did you always bring this up. Yeah. The chat room's on fire today. Although at the same time... Fireproof says, so I should return this bus then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not going to work. It's, it's uh, an interesting, almost. I don't know if it's a twist or what it is, but... Uh, you know, we've got this whole bit where they're telling us the stakes. He is telling us if yeah. the Nazis get the Grail, everyone is completely just like if they got the Ark. Right. We, it's another artifact that it's really important the Nazis don't get a hold of because they really will manage that Thousand Year Reich thing uh, with the same people they've got right now. Um, but as it turns out, no, that's not actually. They would all have to have their Thousand Year Reich inside the temple, and why don't we let them? <laughs> sure, sure. Fun Bye. fact: <laughs> libraries destroy books every day. Every day. Across this beautiful country of ours, yeah. and across the world, just the ones by Jews, though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. When you got, when you start difference. getting selective about it, then it's a problem. It, it's it's the editorial portion of which books you're destroying. <laughs> yeah, that's I the think problem. it's a Dimitri it's Martin visual act. Look at I, this fucking scene. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Spielberg was like, you know, I'd like to do this one day, but serious. Yeah, right. <laughs> Spielberg also, uh, uh, according to the trivia, all of the extras who were who were hiling, he made them cross their fingers behind their back. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Superstitious much. Anyway, uh, Brian. Yes. I noticed that the score in this kind of goes. Yeah. So in college, uh, my friends and I, we made up lyrics to that, and uh, because it sounds like, the thing, the joke was that it sounds like the Slinky theme. And there's it's the, the guy who played Tote, by the way, in the glasses. No oh, way. Yeah. Is it? We got Puffy. A little cameo. Yeah, he did. And then who's uh what's the Empire Strikes Back name of Hitler? Uh Veers. Veers, that's right. No, 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 no. no. Veers uh, is Donovan. Veers is Donovan. Um Wow. Ozzel. Ozzel, that's right. Ozzel. Anyway. But it sounds like the Slinky theme. It's the it goddamn like, Slinky theme. It sounds like the Slinky theme. So we made <laughs> lyrics for the Hitler Slinky theme, which is, uh, he has a mustache, he hates all the Jews, but boy do we love his Aryan views. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he, um, uh, oh, Sky Zeppelins? Yeah. Uh we raise our hands into the sky, and then we point to the blimps in the sky. Uh, he's cool for sure, so hail the Fuhrer. Everyone knows it's Hitler. Very nice. Yes. I'll do it because no one else is. Yeah. <laughs> you guys had a lot of time on your hands and no friends at all. I can't take sole credit for that, but we were. The I don't very, know what to think about this. We, we were the very odd he pilots and engineers. He hates all the Jews. Boy, do we love the Aryan views. It's great. It's up this. This is a great scene. There's a good, they, I, I've always remembered, uh, even before I was really thinking about sound design, great sound design on the leather on his glove as yeah. he's like yeah. just about to kill her. Now this all I have to do is squeeze. But all I have to do is scream. But all I really have to do is squeeze. Yeah. Well, but I'll squeeze and then you'll scream. Now they did. There is a. This is a big kind of a gray area, and you know, it's as he says, uh, you've signed up for you. Know, you've signed. Uh, you've stood up for all the people who are against what the Grail stands for. Like, well. Let's just let's work through that one. <laughs> the Grail is a Christian symbol. 
the Nazis are Christians. Yeah. <laughs> so God meet uns. They, yeah, on their belts. They do they use Christian symbology. They they're after Christian things. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the cruise and This the, is way better than the because, thing they were because after you know, about the Jew deal in Raiders. You know, persecution of Jews, that's so an atheist thing. <laughs> that's something do. Christians would never do. No. So, you know, the whole idea that you know, that I, know, love, Nazis, I love that he signs it. There that, he is. That gag is beautiful. the best. This, I, I now, also love, now that diaries are collectible. <laughs> totally, man. We, we've, we've already passed it, but I, we've, we've cycled, I love the fact that Indiana Jones has cycled through the tropes so much that in Raiders, it actually took the trope of the hero takes the henchman's uniform and puts it on, and it always fits. Like, that's the original trope, is that it always magically fits. And they, in Raiders, they, head. they subverted it and by making it not fit, and that was the joke. And they've actually managed to come full circle where in Last Crusade, it's the joke that it fits because in Raiders it didn't fit, which was <laughs> right. a joke because it always fits. Strong work, guys. It seems like you planned it all along. Now, here's a note uh, just to revisit a previous thing I think I said on the Raiders commentary about how Spielberg made me love Nazis as a child because they were always the badass bad guys that were faceless and you could always, you know, it was like Darth Vader. It was an equal relationship. Nazis and Darth Vader, just fucking badass bad guys that'll fuck your shit up, right? And that's my kid version of Nazis. Before I went to history class, this is kindergarten and in that in that part of my life, I didn't get the Hitler thing because I was six. No one had told me yet. I wasn't aware of that whole thing. So that moment for me for like four or five years after first seeing this movie was he runs into a guy and he, he <laughs> wants to sign his Mickey Mouse autob- autograph book like the one I have from Disneyland, and he does, and he seems scared. I don't know. And then the next scene would happen. It wasn't until I revisited this movie years later that I went, got it. <laughs> oh. Well, Because I, I couldn't read cursive, because that shit's weird. Yeah. I never had an issue with it, even before I really understood. Well, that's because you were born knowing about Hitler, weren't you? Hitler well, boy? even just the sense of like, oh, well, the Nazis are bad, and that guy is clearly the head of the Nazis, yeah. so... It was the same with me. I was he must like, be really bad. I didn't, I didn't know who, who he was, but he's I'm the like... the Nazi king. He's, yeah, he's clearly <laughs> the Nazi king there, <laughs> yeah. and we don't want him to get the book. He's so. the Darth Vader of the Nazis. Yeah. Dude, that'd be a great Disney movie, the Nazi king. The Nazi king. <laughs> the Nazi king. He'd approve. Kyle. Adolf Hitler. By the way, <laughs> damn it, Hindenburg. Fucking blimp trips would have been so cool. Yeah. Gosh. You know, the Chrysler building was designed with Zeppelins in mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, that was going to be a thing. That's why all that Art Deco tether. shit for like the future, the Art Deco era illustrations of the future always have Zeppelins parking at the top of skyscrapers. Well, they did that in. Uh, that was going to be a thing. Yeah. yeah. Empire State Building. Too. And they did that in. Uh, right, right. Uh, they actually did that in Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow. Yeah. They yeah. just went for that. It's cool. I have uh, actually been inside the hangar that contains uh, the Hindenburg because the Hindenburg uh, crashed. Contained. The the hangar for the Hindenburg in Lakehurst, New Jersey. Okay. You said uh, contains. I was like, it's still here? Yeah. Contained. Uh, I thought it, it burned up. It used to contain it when right. it would be here. Yes. When it was and there's also, I mean, I've, I've never been there, but there's also, the, the crash spot is marked out with the outline of the of the Hindenburg, too. No, right. at least not when a, I was not there, Not a particularly it. It actually, successful comp here. It was, yeah. yeah. Even as a kid, I was like, that doesn't really work. Um at least when I was there, which was in the late 90s, it was just like this really sad... You do like, it then with an optical printer. <laughs> I never noticed this. You can see the clouds through the Zeppelin. Yeah. Never noticed that before. There was some, there was some bad clouds in Utah as well. Some tricky matting. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, there's just like a really sad like little post. It's like, oh, that's where the Hindenburg blew up. All right. There's, wow. But, but, the, but the, hangar is, the hangar is probably the single most... It's... Yeah. It, it, the, one of those moments in your Small life... Small words. Big... It's one of those moments in your life where the the scale of your perception truly fails you. Like you're looking at this thing, you're inside this thing, and it's just like your brain cannot comprehend. Your the brain size. goes right into matte painting mode, not <laughs> yeah. real world mode. Yeah, that's exactly. So, that's so big. I 
We built a thing, and this it fit into this. There's actually right a mock-up of an aircraft carrier uh, uh, surface, the deck of an aircraft carrier, inside the Hindenburg hangar. Does it fill it? No. <laughs> the, uh, I learned a funny thing with regards to the Hindenburg. I say funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. a, a while back, Rife with four comedy five possibilities, ago, the Hindenburg. Uh, four oh, everyone was fine. <laughs> uh, Bill well, not Sh- everybody. Bill Shatner recorded an Most. album uh, that was produced by Ben Folds called Has Been, and it's actually a Greatest worth album ever. It's, a, it's not even ironically. It's a it's a good thing to hear. You should you should check it out. At least listen to a few of them. Listen to the Common People song if nothing else. But I learned this, and you you don't know this. It was an interview that just came out with Ben Folds. He was talking about in preparation for that. He just interviewed Shatner for a while to get it in his headspace because Shatner initially wanted to do kind of a jokey thing, and Folds was like, "No, let's do." the the you've, you're an old guy with a crazy interesting life and it has been story the, the sad version of this the real kind of chris nolan version of the will shatner story as a as an album and it's you know he's approaching it that way interviewing the guy asking him questions and testing out stuff on him so he's recording like just sketches and stuff like that beforehand just to see if anything's going to work and how the tone work and he had shatner read the transcript from the uh, destruction of the hindenburg so there's a mm. tape somewhere where Bill Shatner is doing the Oh, the Humanity monologue. And Foltz says that it's he, – this was before Bill got his mind around – Is this funny? What? No, no. This is before Bill got his mind around the we're going to take this seriously thing. So he did like a Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds version of the Hindenburg yes. crash. And that audio exists somewhere. Oh my God. <laughs> I want to hear that so bad. Oh, the humanity. Man. Yeah, you can try it. Can you do it? Of all the humanity I've encountered, <laughs> his was most... Oh, the humanity! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's just a side fact about the Hindenburg I learned recently. They're taking them back to Germany, They're guys. taking us back to Germany. Harrison, Harrison Ford can sell those lines like nobody's, nobody else. Not this ship, sister. <laughs> I'm like a bad penny. I always <laughs> turn up. What? <laughs> really? That's what you're going to go with? Did Tom Stoppard write that line? <laughs> well, no, that's an expression. Yeah, that no, is I know an it's expression, an expression, but the, whoever's well, idea a, was to put that expression in that moment of the movie. Yeah, that's the moment. Yeah. That That's the line you usually. Sub- nowadays, Joss Whedon would subvert because the yeah. other guy would be like, really? Yeah. That's the one you went really? with? Exactly. Yeah. There's, now, this, uh, this is. Uh, I'm like a bad nickel. I always turn up. Yeah. Nickel? S- you mean penny? Is it penny? Sorry. Slightly more successful than the. Well, inflation. Than, than I mean, an up. Yeah. <laughs> I buy this a little bit more than I did in Up. Really? Because at least a dog is not flying this plane. But other than that, <laughs> yeah. Now well, it is true uh, that they would have ooh, that. Look at I the mean, step framing yes. in the back. Yeah. Yes. Oh. They, uh, I don't care. It still works. It's great. Zeppelins looking. did have uh, planes attached to them. In they, that they, sense. they yeah. would have that sometimes. Were they for like escapes or for like just getting one? No, they were for like recon, killing people with, uh, <laughs> and recon, wow. recon, and, and kind no of shit. screen defense, but not well, really. Also, they, they were going to be floating like. Aircraft carriers. Yeah. You could, you could, if if you were flying around, you, you could, could just, stop there. You could dock yeah. with a, a yeah, you know, a blimp well, in the area, know. like Sky Captain again. Yeah. I don't know if you could reconnect. Well, you, to that, a blimp. That, that, you would have no, to land. No, back. no that not, was not, the idea. But well. the, 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 that was the idea. But you they couldn't the do it enough, right? Yeah. So that a they kind of tried, like, with you know, like, like mean, an land- aircraft carrier thing with a hook, like okay, yeah. But landing on a boat is hard enough as it is. Landing. Attached to it. Well, they had like a little trapeze. It's also in the the trivia. They had like a little trapeze thing, but they they couldn't hook on consistently yeah. enough that they were like, forget it. Like the Hindenburg, they they it, it was going to have one, and they took it off just a few weeks before. Yeah. Well, the uh, the Navy had a, a couple of uh, zeppelins that they used, and they had this kind of setup with a little biplane uh, attached to it. I wonder if you could do it better now, because you know we have the whole you know 
in-air refueling that military yeah. planes will do, the KC-135 and all of that. At Mach 2. It's some, yeah, in some crazy circumstances. I wonder if we have the technology now that you could do that a little more reliably. I think it's one of those things where you, you fool me once, shame on you, yeah. kind of thing, where it's like, I'm not getting on a blimp, period. Well, well you well, know, end of story. Well, yeah. well the, if, the if it's full of helium, there's a... Try explaining that to the world. Okay, there is a an animated show called Archer. Yeah? That's, uh, that's basically... HBO, fantastic. Right? It's really fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, FX. FX. It's really fantastic. It's like... Uh, Arrested Development means James Bond, basically. And uh, but there is an episode about a there's a bomb threat on a blimp oh, that God. they have to go take care of. <laughs> yes, and there is. and Archer is at, no matter how many times they explain to him that it's full of helium. <laughs> if anyone lights a match or pulls a gun, he will take them down because he thinks they're going to kill them all. <laughs> uh, and so, something else I learned about the Hindenburg is like yes, part of the problem was the fact that it was. Hydrogen, filled, filled and, and, hydrogen and it was painted with gunpowder. That's well, the, the thing <laughs> was, it was yeah, it was painted with what is essentially rocket fuel. Uh, to it's thermite. It's the recipe yeah. for thermite. Yeah. yeah. To to coat it to the co- the skin was coated with thermite. Which I'm just not sure how it caught fuel. fire. Yeah. <laughs> so let's not do both of those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they made a water balloon where the balloon was a bomb and the water was fire gas fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what went wrong again? Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I have never seen the Goodyear blimp go down like that. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. We can do this. It has, though. I mean, the helium balloons can go down just as well. Well, they can they, go. To, yeah. Like there've been we, the, we, we abandoned our helium projects, you know, as well because we had many disasters. But uh, but part of the reason was that you know it's not like the Germans were like hey, hydrogen. What could possibly happen? They you know they had they wanted to use helium. But they couldn't make enough helium. Yeah, um, and we and we we could have we, sold them helium, but we didn't. But we weren't. We didn't want to sell them America, helium. America, fuck yeah, yeah. <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, we're like we're like. Look, we're we're not totally down with your whole domination of yeah. Europe trip. But if you want to bring your blimp to New Jersey, and you know that's cool. Yeah, and all. yeah. We're but, not really uh, going to help you uh, fly your silent spy vehicles yeah. around Europe, though. I love this scene for two reasons. One, it displays a kind of thinking. That is apparently just genetic in the Jones family, yeah. Yeah. where they both can think of just this one weird-ass great solution for a problem. Two, I'll bet you, I'll put money on this, this scene is responsible for more people knowing about Charlemagne than any books. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember Charlemagne and something he said once, supposedly, as a result of this movie. That's all I remember. I remember more about what, Quetzalcoatl, is that how you say his name? Yeah. Than yeah. Charlemagne. But this movie keeps him alive in my brain. Well, you should see the see the stage show Pippin, which is a great show. Backwards would be Nippip. I'm glad we sorted that out. It's such yeah. a great just character moment because it it gives indie you know genuine respect, and you can see yeah. it. You see the moment that Harrison Ford plays there. Yeah, just a little head nod. He goes, "He's like, wow, wow. Well, yeah. well he's not all right. completely. That's, that's my dad. All right. right. Yeah, yeah. It's nice. Is, is you know. Hey, a real place? No, it's a fake, okay. fake country. That that was uh, according to the. I think it was in the book, but that was another moment that that was actually an indie moment, and Connery was like, "I should do that." <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. <laughs> and and they're like, "Oh yeah, actually, yeah." Yeah, it's, it's a it's a it's a great <laughs> summation. It's like he's been sort of the old fuddy duddy thing, but it's like, no, okay, you can kind of see, you know, somewhere there's like an 1890. Yeah, story about you know that Doctor Jones kicking ass somewhere. You can see the badass in the jeans there and there somewhere, <laughs> and that is a badass. In I don't know jeans. what it is about this moment, 
but I, I completely buy it. That there's this czar figure somewhere who would not be impressed. He's like, holy shit, you brought a Rolls Royce? Yes, you can have everything you yeah, want. Well, it's like, it's like, yeah, I can more, totally buy it. It's like if more you, gold, hoop de doo. Exactly. Well, wait, this if, is this is something I don't have. If you, if Jay Leno was a like a totalitarian dictator, and you wanted <laughs> to you get mean, some if? of his some of his shit, <laughs> and you go to his, and he's like, we brought you a treasure chest and a pimped out hot rod Model T Ford. He's like, oh hell yeah 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 here have have uh, Conan O'Brien's job or whatever it is. <laughs> but, just I love the idea that there's this guy who's like. Rolls Royce Phantom 2, 25 liters, 0 to 100 kilometers, and just knows well, it all. He's just well, like this big old car guy. Because there it, are totally people like that. Uh, yeah. To this day, I mean, the, the Middle East, you know, sheiks, uh, that, that royalty over there. What is, the, what is the supermodel that, you know, one of the, the Middle Eastern uh, sheiks or rulers was just infatuated with and would just pay for her to come over and <laughs> spend just, time. Just hang out. And just hang out. I can't remember. Uh, Tom Hanks. Yeah. <laughs> no, some Weird. supermodel. I can't remember. Yeah. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. The man you're thinking of is Citizen Kane. <laughs> Citizen Kane. <laughs> it's Citizen no, Kane. No, it's not Citizen Kane. It's the, with the sled and the guy. <laughs> it's Citizen weird to Kane. see. It looks like they have stabilized this shot because yeah, it does. watch yeah. Saul's face. Just the yeah, vibration. And, and look yeah. at yeah, which which surprises me because it's indicative of some sort of a special edition process this movie went through, wherein they didn't clean up some of the matte things going on in the plane. Fight. Well, it also could be that it, clearly it's mounted on the vehicle. Yeah, it was it just might be vibration. a vibration. It's just really vibrating just, faster than just, the frame rate. Yeah, it's just shattering it. Hell yeah, tanks. Old school tanks. How did we get this far in Indy without tanks, man? Yeah. yeah. They they built this, too. Yeah. yeah. They built this for the movie. <laughs> yeah. It's a beauty, that baby. Look That's at that a, thing. That's cool. Steel beast. It took me a while to figure out that a tank is just a car with a lot of wheels on both sides, and then just put a piece of fabric around the wheels. It, it makes its own road. That's yeah. the theory of a tank. It's a good idea. It's a really good idea. Those Nazis, man. <laughs> those Nazis, they're going places. They yeah. really are. <laughs> what happened to those guys? They were they were really hot for a while. They were, they were really like up and comers, you know. <laughs> really pulled themselves up by their own bootstraps. You know, that's uh, there was actually <laughs> it was this whole like Shyamalan story. With There's them. a book I was reading uh, recently, and uh, well, actually uh, I just uh, returned to Brian oh, a it, book that he lent me, which is a fascinating book about uh, humor in Nazi Germany, which is quite interesting. But uh, I'm talking about another book about. Um, Mentioned, among other things, um, that there's a lot of things, like, for example, medically, that, you know, our, our, oh, rocket, our, yeah. our, rocket, our rocket program yeah. came from the fact that we, you know, we captured all their rocket guys, and the Russian yeah. rocket program came from the guys that they got. For, you know, we, we met in Germany, and like, okay, we get these guys' dibs on those guys, and then now we had a rocket program. But there's a lot of medical things that we know. Like worthwhile tests because that of only really, did. Yeah, because yeah. of really horrifying experiments that no one would have ever done. Yeah. Um, and, we, we came across very important knowledge by very unethical means. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but and, we didn't do it, so you know, moral authority? And so there is, there is a, you know, to this day, there's still kind of a like, well, but see, we know that because it's, it's fruit of the poison tree kind of thing. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah but it's it's... For example, it's like the Nazis were the first to go, you know, I think smoking actually uh, leads to cancer. And that's one of the reasons that... No, we'll show you. That, no, that's a Nazi thing. That's no... Um, <laughs> and therefore bad and wrong. Um, that literally the Nazis were kind of onto that Nazi you know, medicine and all that. Hitler in was that era. anti-smoking like a mofo. Yeah, yeah. And, and the idea that... Uh, he was also know. a vegetarian. Yeah. That's the problem with science. It doesn't care what your politics are. Yeah. It just is the way yeah. it is. But that, that was one of the reasons... the way the world is. That was one of the reasons that the medical science community was resistant to the very thought because the Nazis said that, uh-huh. you know, not just the Nazi said that. So fuck it. Right. That's, we're not going to buy that shit. But now we're into safe territory. We're just shooting at them. Yeah. Shoot them, kill them. And them and the, 
you know, the rags and whatever. I'm sure they're bad too, because look at them. <laughs> that's, that's they're probably Muslims I mean, work, right? They're Muslims. I mean, it's 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 kind of played as that reversal in the sense that you assume these guys are bad. Yeah, and but then, then they're the good the, guys. The turn is that they're, yeah. they're the good guys. This is one of those times where um, TV tropes has moments of brilliance and also moments where they kind of confuse me because it's a little, it's not quite clear what the trope is. This one's called an indie ploy, named after indie. And here's what it says. An indie ploy is a surefire way to invoke a, again, link, unspoken plan guarantee. Anyway, since Indy's course of action is unknown even to Indy himself, and therefore unknown to the audience, he's actually more likely to succeed than if he had spent time planning on screen. I don't understand how that's a point that they're making. He, but I, it is a trope. I think, I think the point also, is like... music. <laughs> yeah, the trope is, I think the, the, the trope is if a hero just throws himself into it, that's more likely to work out than, than the plan that he's, he's spent a bunch of time Oh, that's a good work. Okay, yeah, right. that works. That's because true. he's the You know, you should, uh, you should editorialize that's, a little bit. That's, I mean, that's something that usually you don't, you know, you don't like to see in a movie is where the heroes make an elaborate plan and then and then do it. it. Yeah. You know, he's like, well, you, you want no to see it go yeah. screwy. You want to see it like have an, oh, except, ooh, we didn't count on the, ha, and there you go. I think well, the, that, I think that, the best it. anticipated and then executed plan in movie history, most successful uh, in terms of the plan and then the output, you know, was Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. And even well, then was, they screwed but it even up. Then well, I was going to yeah. say. Well, yeah. the, then it's all about it, overcoming the, right. the quibbles that, that go wrong. The great turn in Ocean's Eleven is where... You know, they, they spend the whole movie telling you what the plan is going to be. They leave out the crucial piece, and then you think the plan has started to go screwy, but then it actually turns out right. that that is part of the plan itself, and then the plan goes screwy. I mean, that's the that's part of why Ocean's Eleven is such a great film. Damn, there's shut the, down cold there. Man. <laughs> there's, there's, that's there's, hard to come back from. Like you don't know what to. Yeah. What you're being you're being accused of so many things at once that you're like, I'm, I'm I yeah, there's, right. the, there's the Connery moment you you paid for that like, goose stepping morons like yourself should try reading books instead of burning them. That's a great moment. It's like, ouch. Indiana Jones is yeah. literally laughing at the Nazis as he rides by. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ha, 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 you douchebag. I got your horses. <laughs> yeah. Did you forget that I was Indiana Jones? Try, try winning the war now. <laughs> try winning the war with five less horses. <laughs> <laughs> but still with a tank. Damn. Next, uh, I will oh. take your hats. Everything hinged on those horses. <laughs> we're very, we, we're Germans. We're very watch precise. This, watch this. Cut, 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 cut. Guy walking into the door, opens the door. Inside, big office. Hitler. Sir? <laughs> he took the horses. Yeah. yeah. And then cut to... <laughs> and then cut to the YouTube video. It's like, everyone yeah. who doesn't love horses, leave the room. <laughs> We could do a downfall moment for when Andy took the horses. That's right. Sir, Indiana Jones took the five horses. Those five horses were critical. It's okay. Hey, they're Germans. They're very precise. They did not have more horses than they (laughs) needed. We don't bring extra horses. Outside, the secretary is like, don't worry, we have mules. (laughs) (laughs) Mules are bullshit. (laughs) I was going to have the best plan ever. Oh. The five horse taking your plan. And then he says something pithy about Xbox 360 or Carmageddon or something. Or something like that. Yeah, that's great. Anyway. I don't care what anybody says. Question mark, question mark, question mark, viral hit. I still love the shit out of all of those videos. The downfall <laughs> videos? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes they're just, just awful, but Sometimes the ones that are. are good are good. Yeah. Chris Handel did a pretty good one. He did a pretty he good one. He did a very good one. He did one he where the joke the is uh, Hitler has an idea for a downfall parody, but someone else has already done it. Right. Yeah. Go find out uh, Hitler. Recursive. Downfall, parody, Hitler, Chris Hannell, do a thing. That was his first one. And then his second one, which is even more meta meta and amazing as far as I'm concerned, is when uh, the movie production company or the studio removed all of those from the internet. And there was this big outcry of censorship and and fair use and all of this. 
And so he made a yeah. Hitler, he made a Hitler downfall video. Bad news, about. internet douchebags. <laughs> uh, Look up the use the words fair use and see what it really means. Uh, he made a Hitler downfall video of his Hitler downfall video getting pulled. <laughs> yeah, getting pulled. <laughs> yeah, that was like I want and I thought well that's I wonder how long that'll be up. <laughs> that's, that's this good. is another this is a good trope uh, and it's funny it's it's not it's an obvious trope but it's funny how like consistently they did this throughout the entire page. It's called punctuated for emphasis. With exclamation points. And then, like, you know, the description is lines delivered with extreme emphasis on every word. And then, like, going down the page, it's like, these are examples. And then you can open up all the folders. Anime and manga. They did it for the entire page. Wow. I find it a little hard to believe that with his bare hand, he was able to stuff that rock enough. <laughs> that would hurt. the force behind it. Yeah, exactly. I was like, you could jam it in. But that, that with your bare hand, that hurt. You'd Bear in mind that your rock. desire is to horse. stop a mortar. Yeah, yeah. I don't think. Yeah, uh, it, 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 it actually does work. That, again, MythBusters covered that. It's like you can you can have a barrel blow up by sticking your finger in the barrel. Uh. Your finger's not going to survive the experience mm-hmm. either. But the, the the gun will will detonate if your jam if your finger's jammed in hard enough. I love MythBusters gun experiments, especially was... if it's a if it's a, if it's. I think the the theory on this one, and I, I don't think they've covered it, but that's a mortar. It explodes on contact. Is the point? You're not blocking oh, the barrel. Okay. You're giving it something to hit. Got it. So. Trey, the knowledge stokes. Yeah, well, you know, I was. I'll allow it. There, there were Nazis <laughs> around when I was born, so you know, you learn this stuff. That's a stunt. Jesus, look at that. The now, guy, this that is guy a just leapt off a horse onto a tank. The guy who's in the uh, periscope goes. Blah, 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 blah. I'm sure he says something real in German, but I don't speak German. I apologize. Uh, he German says the Americans fight like girls. Yeah, yeah. but that's Nick Gillard. <laughs> that's the uh, stunt coordinator for the uh, prequel lightsaber fights. Mm-hmm. That really is him. It'll blow your fuck. Uh, <laughs> he just shot three guys, and he's that's like, a good gun. Whoa. Now let's, we should we should <laughs> this highlight is a good gun. we should highlight that moment real quick because that was an important indie character moment. The likes of which you don't see as much in the in the fourth movie, where he actually he's got three Germans about to run at him. He shoots into the first one, and all three of them have a bullet go through them, and they all die. And Indy's response is. Uh, holy seriously? shit! Yeah. That just wow. Okay, looks at the gun. I can't uh, believe I can't okay. believe I got and away with that. Steps out of frame. Yeah. I can't believe that just fucking happened. Yeah. This again is, well, and that's that's the humanity yeah. that we talked about of the Indiana. That's the real appeal. Yeah, of the as opposed to as opposed to it, like you were saying in in Crystal Skull. He sees Skull. three guys come up and he goes, "Bam!" All three of them and walks away like a yeah. Badass. He's like, yeah. "Duh!" That's yeah. how I'm Indiana Jones. Of course, that's yeah. how that works. So this is again, you know, just when when Spielberg and everybody's on their there game, where they just they just. <laughs> They create a scenario, and then they just play the hell out of the scenario. Let's let's just do every possible thing that right. we can do with this setup. Yeah, there here. is. That's a Nick Gillard. Yeah, and actually, uh, this is was, Gillard or Gilliard? Uh, Gillard. Gillard. Okay. Um, this was yeah. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> he was actually the um uh, or, or sorry. This scene is the first thing they shot. This this whole the actual probably not this inside the tank but the actual action of the tank fight no shit is, okay. is how they started which you think was kind of stupid because if if, if someone if got, he hurt. got hurt yeah but um, imagine but being a grip where it's like day one uh tank fight yeah. yeah. Guys, I I need to warm up. That's yeah, exactly. They, I'm gonna set up some scaffolding and take it down again. That, this is where they started, and it was supposed to be a two day shoot, but they kept improvising and coming up with new stuff, and it turned into a ten day shoot. <laughs> well, that's actually not uh, that's not what you're supposed to do in terms of movie scheduling. You're supposed to yeah. put something easy up front <laughs> yeah. To, yeah. to let your crew kind of warm build up, speed, and warm up, and you put all the hard stuff in the middle. Spielberg's like, bitch, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Spielberg's like, bitch, I'm Spielberg. Do you think he's ever said, bitch, please? Ever in his life once just put the word bitch and please next to each other because that would be good. You know what? You could get... Bitch, he, please. It's not hard to get him to cameo in a movie. <laughs> I know. Yeah, isn't that weird? You could write him a role 
for him to cameo and have him say that. It also occurred to me that Spielberg might be in an interesting position at this point. I can't tell if it's unique, but because I just don't know enough guys who produce every movie ever. Bruckheimer and Michael Bay, not so much, and Spielberg. But Spielberg's name is on every fucking movie you'll ever see in your life. Like, every single movie. Just keep an eye out on the... It's like you have a one in two chance of executive (laughs) producer Steven Spielberg, and he always gets a single card. He's never executive producers, or at least he doesn't seem to be very often. I, it must be in his contract. He's like, I, I'm sure I, it is. I am Steven Spielberg. I will work on everything. Oh, I will sh- say two things about your hey, movie and get it's a credit. Probably, you know what? It's probably the opposite. It's probably in the contract the studio has. So yeah, like, like, we'll give we, you the we, money we, if you we'll put your you, name on it. Yeah, we'll give you a single credit. Yeah. He, he's, wow. he, he's the executive producer of that fabulous new show, Terra Nova, for yeah. example. Hmm. Um, and, <laughs> although like, he hasn't really done a lot of press about it, I've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was uh, like that... Uh, the TV show on the lot that was out there a few right. years ago. Yeah. The reality show about... I'm totally behind what show? No, yeah, no, 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 not that, no. What Go were you on. saying, Mike? That he gets paid or they or well, they won't green light it unless of, Spielberg says it's well, good? Well, part, part of it is um, there, there, there are times where they're like, look, we're giving you money because you're Spielberg and, and we can bank on that. So you better... We, we're also paying you to make your name prominent. On this project, because we're only going to make our money back yeah. if people know we're your name. For the yeah. right I mean, that's to get your name. That's what's yeah. going on with Terra Nova. Is Terra Nova is like, oh, it's people coexisting with dinosaurs and it's produced by Steven Spielberg. It's going to be like Jurassic Park. He's nowhere near that yeah. project. Yeah. You know, he's no, he's not on the set. You know, yeah, he, but he was probably he, he probably did help get them extra money by having exactly his name we, on yeah it, yeah, so. and they needed extra money because it's you know the most expensive TV show ever made. No, but, but I mean, I I, I knew that um, or I. I recall that there was a deal at Paramount where it was like DreamWorks could greenlight a movie up to $100 million without having to approve it through Paramount. And if he was directing it, they could go up to like 150 Wow. Now, I want to yeah. come back to something real quick. We, we brought it up three movies ago, or two movies ago, I guess. Raiders, whatever number ago that was. Um, we talk about the power of the hat and the way it's set up and then the way it's, con- it's basically maintained perfectly throughout the series. And then... If you have that in the back of your mind, even if you've never consciously noticed it, this next bit that happens with the cliff is even more perilous. <laughs> right. It's a subversion of, of the idea. If, Give us a real quick definition and then explain what I'm talking about. So the power of the hat is the idea that, you know, Indiana Jones has his costume and he's, he's very much a, a superhero in his own genre. And so the idea is that once he loses his hat, at any point in the series that he loses his hat, he loses his power. It happens. He loses the fight. That happens. He loses the fight. He He... Uh, he's not in his garb at the end of Raiders, and he loses at the end of Raiders. He, when he loses his hat in Temple of Doom, he's under the control of uh, the Kalima. Uh, and so the idea here, and it, I think out of all of the movies, it doesn't work with Crystal Skull, so just fuck Crystal Skull. But um, <laughs> Nothing works, with, nothing Crystal works with Crystal Skull. I think it's most conscious and most deliberate in, in Last Crusade, and it, particularly because he goes through so much shit in this movie that his hat should really theoretically just fall right the fuck off oh and it did they, and, they, and, and, and in real life it about... did yeah especially in the sequence here referring um, to that bit where he apparently stapled it to his yeah forehead. he's doing the joke where he joke. staples it to i mean when he jumps off the boat at the beginning uh of the movie he he just swings into the water and his hat somehow magically stays on anyway and at this point just that we just now passed this moment where we get this like nice dolly and dramatic moment close up of him as they're about to plunge off the edge of the cliff and his hat just whoosh, heads right off and so I, the the purposeful idea is that it subconsciously is killing you oh we've he is fucked he's dead indiana jones is fucking dead 
And so it's a it's a deliberate, I think, subversion of, of this what is built up. Do you know that in The Shining, the sets don't actually fit together if you think about them All way right. too hard? All right. It's a joke on the fact that his hat never comes off. Right. That's that that's as far as I'll go with you on that. This and this is a great this is a good, the classic. What's everybody looking at joke? It'd be funny if the hat didn't blow back into his hand here in a second and it just kept blowing over the water. Long montage through the clouds, <laughs> landed at Hogwarts. We just occasionally cut back to it <laughs> as it's traveling. Meanwhile, anyway, it's like making, gum, making new friends. Gum feathers Goodbye, all, hat. All the way over. I'll never forget you, hat. It makes a cameo in an episode of Doug. <laughs> just slides all the way over to Hogwarts. At which point, it's given the power to talk. Yeah, and, and it gets like, to pick who is the Nazis. Exactly. Slytherin. Mm. Yes. I'm like pretty sure that's what happened too. Yeah, I, I think that's what it was. I think the Sorting Hat is the hat. That's I think totally that's true. totally historically accurate. Brian, is that right? I think so. Yeah. Three, two, one. And how hat. many how many takes did that take to get that? Probably one. <laughs> it doesn't look like that many, based on how obvious it was that it was just <laughs> it dropped in a frame, tossed and tossed from just off camera. Oh my gosh, she's totally action hat. She's totally in the she wolf of the SS outfit yeah. now. It didn't Hello. Yeah, the, the hat didn't, it wasn't like the ball in The Shining, like it went straight up the middle. It was just, it got in there and it's near him, right? Yeah, It like bounces it. off his face. Yeah. But but it's the way it... That would have been funny. I would have take. I would have <laughs> used that take. It's the way it curls right in front of him. Like yeah. that, because you know they did 20 takes where it curls the other way yeah, or just like landed flat. And this is a flat. real thing. This Petra, yeah. yeah. Uh, this, this temple carved into the wall. Uh, and I saw it in a... I, I, I and figured then you go in, it's like a walk-in closet. I figured, yeah, there's there's nothing, there's no end to it. There's yeah, no yeah. inside. It's, it's, just, it's, it's yeah. just the face. Except for a truck that'll drive away if you put a bad guy into it. Yeah, um, but yeah. The, uh, but I was reading a history book in fifth grade, and I, I've turned the page, and there's this shit. And I thought they made it up for the movie. I'm in fifth grade. I'm what? I don't know how you old. Ten years old, maybe in fifth grade, something like that. I thought it was made up for the movie. I turned the page, and there it is. And my 10-year-old my brain went, oh, it's all true. Yeah. <laughs> there it is it's all true that's how quick it worked piece A of this story is true therefore it must all be true yeah it's a fascinating yeah. thing and it, it, and again it's not just a 10 year old thing it must thing, have taken so forever yeah. Look well, at how, oh, like most amazing. everything that people did in those days yeah. but uh, but the idea of you know the difference between the first three and that other thing that they also called an Indiana Jones movie is you know they really went to this freaking place which yeah. is in the middle of fuck all nowhere to get this establishing shot. And they'll look, they're on a set now, but that's okay. But, you know, as opposed to 30 years later, they're all old and tired and the kids are in, you know, ballet schools. Like, no, we'll just do it all CG. And yeah. it looks like it. And yeah. it's awful. You know, it's like, that. that's what part of the fun of an Indiana Jones movie was, is they would go to these exotic places and they would shoot. And they didn't do that in the fourth one. And it's one of the many reasons why it's it, just yeah. not as good. Are, are any of you aware of a, a criteria that was set by a visual effects supervisor to the CG guys? Make it look like you're doing a perfect photoreal puppet. Are you aware of that ever having been said or being a mandate for a movie? Uh, uh, the Ardman guys are doing that. Where they, where they the, dis- oh oh yeah they the do they, they do CG claymation. Yeah, they did on on, on the, the water away. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. they've gone back to actual uh, stop mode now though. But I it'd think. be interesting. Yeah, I think I think, I think, I think uh, Arthur they, Christmas is is CG. If they did a thing where it's like CG team, what you're doing right now is you're making it look like we put we we put air nozzles on a sack of shit and played it backwards. In CG, uh, doing the, that. I say then, the the uh, the it opening like it, the opening of Hellboy two 
Um, yeah, yeah. I I thought for a while it was real stop motion, but it's CG made to look like stop. They motion. did. The, I I I pointed out the moment that I liked in Spider Man Three where they seem to have made the giant Sandman look like a big stop motion mm. Rancor type uh, monster. Did we oh, answer your question? Yeah. <laughs> Can we move on? Well, I was just thinking about maybe ways to make it more successful. Uh, in I think four would it be to just say, guys. We're using CG. We don't want anyone. We want everyone to think this was a practical effect. Uh-huh. That doesn't mean we need to make it look photoreal. This means we have to make it look exactly like a practical effect. Yeah, yeah. That's, well, if they had that mandate with fucking Yoda, it would have been gangbusters. Well, that's that's, that's the the best aspect of um and um, uh, Stu Mashwitz. He, I mean, he he wrote his whole book of the the DV Rebels guy, but he also wrote a great um forward to the Mark Christensen's book on on a- After Effects techniques about how the best the the best visual effects aren't the ones that look real the best visual you know re- reality they're the ones that look like they were shot and yeah. it's like you don't you you don't get reality in a in a film you have completely unmotivated light sources and you've got stuff uh-huh. like that and you know the T-Rex in Jurassic Park looks great cuz it's got like a blue kick light that's fucking coming from nowhere but if you were really shooting that thing then that's where it would be you don't want reality you want he, a heightened reality yeah a heightened reality he he calls it the sex <laughs> his whole thing is who brings the sex it's like um and that's what you're trying to do you're trying to make a sexy heightened reality and and the best visual effects and the ones that don't really age that much are the ones that that bring that level of of heightened reality. I remember on uh, when we were wrapping up Polar Express and they were revving up for Monster House, which is uh, a, a really good film. Um, I didn't work on it; I left after Polar Express. But um, in the early concept phases, they were talking about how you know it wasn't supposed to be totally. They were they were going to a more stylized look for the characters, and they wanted it to feel like a stop mo movie. That they were literally talking about having vague like thumbprints on the characters Mm. you know like they would like you know like the side of his head you could kind of make out like a giant thumbprint is mashed into the side of his face they did that four flushed away i believe did they They, okay intentionally they talked about where it was like in every frame it was a slightly different deformation just to make it look like it was just it was was being being articulated on a frame frame basis which is what you feel in claymation you always feel them kind of shifting around yeah And and it's you know the actual skin, they're like their skin is kind of shifting. Yeah, or the the way. the way the original King Kong yeah, is totally the fur buzzes, is just like yeah, a, the fur is just or the or the Yeti in the you the, know the Rudolph the bumble, special the bumble. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, the point is, if you're not going to go to a place in the middle of nowhere to film, at least make your CG place look like you did. Yeah. But um, uh, by the way, little piece of trivia: the the gun that he used to shoot Henry is the same model as James Bond's gun. <laughs> when oh, the author was Walter oh. Yeah. That's like. Is there a word trope guy for fan service where the fans never know? That's it's stunt propping. <laughs> it's like if, we, <laughs> if, the, if the if the if the filmmakers are are movie nerds, then they do it for themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. They get a kick out of it. And sure, I mean, you see mm. shit like, where you know they put the the pod from two thousand one in the background and shit, just because you know the eleven year olds aren't going to get that shit. The thirty year olds might not get that shit. But whatever. Anyway, yeah, this like, sequence that's funny, right? This yeah. right here, uh, the the three challenges of God, such as they are. Uh, is my favorite sequence in any indie movie. I agree. I just it does. I, I love. Really well. I just love this shit. I love the penitent man will pass. Sometimes because when I'm going they... to sleep, I just hear <laughs> a narrator. <laughs> oh, the penitent man. Will this pass. is this is exactly it, it. This is like the fulfillment of the the indie promise. It's like this yeah. is him diving yeah. into ancient ancient ruins, ancient booby traps, using and... using ancient knowledge combined with just the field skills. Well, yeah. you know, general badassery combining those two to. Yeah. Only the penitent man will pass. 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 Kneels! The penitent man kneels and whoa, barrel whoa, rolls whoa, before whoa, God. Whoa. Yeah. 
Jesus, just, those never, should we just do the geeks that go out? Yeah, those never looked great to me. Yeah, they even did. As, they've even actually been enhanced. Those are, not, those are better than yeah. they used to be. Um, yeah, they have a name. Sean Connery. <laughs> the, uh, the, hello, brain function, hello, no, stop, uh, talk, and <laughs> make, and make word in face come out. Because <laughs> this 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 will work. Let's all go to the Okay, so we were talking about the. I just love the look of it. You know, like, is, is he actually having a stroke? You guys are checking me out. <laughs> yeah. um, is yes, it's it's we're back full circle, like you were saying. It's it's we're it's back, like the know, beginning. It, this of is what it does. Yeah. It's like the beginning of every indie movie. It's what it's the but you know but there's this huge. It's not about treasure this time. It's about you know fuck the treasure. That's like secondary. It's about you know there's a, there's a human story at stake here. Now this uh, the. Uh, Jehovah bit yeah. is, Henry has become the ticking clock it's very yeah oh good That's man the, the stakes here this is a well orchestrated <laughs> Sean machine Sean Connery here. the ticking this clock this is yeah. a I mean Brian's always talking about the idea behind any uh, a, a macrocosm would be the story but a microcosm would be a scene is to set up everything so it's a perfect machine that just plays out makes you suspenseful makes you care and you're relieved when it works out this is a perfect scene in that regard where everything is just set up and everything's working and you're, you're worried and you're interested and you're fooled and you, you see the moment where you know Indy's going to screw it up, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the Jehovah begins with an I bit is a, is a clever piece to, to throw in there. I, I do have weird sort of who who didn't fix this thing the last time someone got through <laughs> yeah. questions, but that's fine. That's right. The one that I've had well, the it's, most... It's the same question as who resets any of the, these booby traps at the end of the day. I think for anyone like the, us... The cruciform sword guys. I, well, there you <laughs> go. I think for anyone like us, by which I mean... Uh, us on the mics and you guys listening, the one that we've talked about the most is this, this ledge. And here's the problem that... Now, there's a bunch of... People have... There's a bunch of shitty arguments you can make about this and they all fall apart. There's one that I haven't figured out a counter-argument to, which is... The, the premise is there is a thing that's painted such that it looks, when you're standing on the ledge, exactly like the wall opposite you, so you don't know that there's a wall there. And it will assume, will allow that they could paint it so well that if you had one eye closed and had no parallax, that would absolutely work. The problem is... You don't just arrive at the ledge; you walk up to it. And if you're looking out the hole as right. you're walking up to it, it so would your be perspective changing. would change just by the very act of you walking up to it. Right. The Which th- is like if you've ever seen those three-dimensional uh, sidewalk uh, chalk paintings that people do. The really impressive look, ones. They look, yeah, the really impressive ones. There's some incredible work that people that if you're standing at the right angle, it really looks like a three-dimensional image in the in the chalk in the sidewalk right in front of you. If you take one step to the left, it's the or illusion. Or even is forward or back, you yeah. see what's going on. You, or even if you just crouch up and down just a little bit, the illusion is completely destroyed. Now, I've heard people say, uh, well, all he had to do was lean over and check out the side. I'm like, well, if his assumption is it's a hole that goes nowhere, he wouldn't think, I should check and see if there's a yeah. hidden hyper painted thingy. Uh, obviously not. The also, only... also, he's in a very narrow cleft. That's one of the things is you, right. can't, you can't get much angle on it's, it. It's designed to give you only one angle on it. My only problem is if you're walking up on it, you would see it change. But this shot is so great. Just the reveal is so wonderful. I think the idea is that... It, and it's, once you get here, you forget the argument that would have come before. It's something that you, you wouldn't know. notice so much because it's such a, you know, it's such a random, uneven surface. Is, you know, this, this idea that uh, you, know, you can't tell that it's, that it's there um, because the perspective, minor perspective change. I think that's all right. This effect is... I don't even know how they would do it. It's he's just, standing just, on a real painted a plank. They just do it. And there's a mat behind him. Is that the point? Like the actual thing that he was walking on is real and then... A lot of it's... A, a, there, there's a whole model that they shot and I, I think it was just, uh, you know, he was comped into a, a motion control. I mean, uh, they miniature. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. It's a miniature. It's cool. It's great. I think that there's, there's a slight conceptual issue with that one, which is like, well, that's not really an obstacle you have to defeat yeah. because... Well, it's the leap of faith. Yeah, you're well, defeating but, but yourself, if, your doubts. Exactly. It's like it's really one that like that one depends on you just not doing it. 
Right. It's like I just I can't figure it out. I'm going back. I beat the spinning yeah. blades. I beat the beat the spelling. But it is, it is anticlimactic one. compared yeah. to the spinning blades. Like I said, the, well, if, but it's totally death. climactic if you, conceptually. If you, if like, you know oh, nothing, awesome. if you know nothing, and you don't think about it at all, you will succeed on that one. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like you just have to fucking do it. An idiot would probably do that one faster than oh, a yeah. smart person. He'd be like, "Okay, Jesus, let's do this." Leap of faith. Here uh, I come. Boom. We thank you, Jesus. Hey, old man. Now this guy. This guy is a penitent man. Knights of the Round Table, we dance whenever we're able. Do routines, choruses. Did it ever bother you that this guy in the presumably real world, spiritually endowed real world of Indiana Jones was 760 years old? That he spent 700 years just hanging out here? Yeah. It bother you, or are we just sort of like a little like, bit? It's, it's, it's sad. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it, it, well, it bothers sad. me on a character level. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But he better have a big paycheck waiting when he yeah, sees but, Jesus. What's, but, what's really sad is when he lifts the sword. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, you you want to pat the old guy who's trying to kill you on the yeah. head?" Yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing. It, does it bother me conceptually in accepting it as part of this world? No, that's that's <laughs> perfect. In the chat, Joe says. Guys, he's also potentially just a crazy old guy. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. <laughs> answer me these riddles three. It's like, yeah, you get back to town. You go, oh, did you talk to the old dude in the cave with the cups? Wow. Oh, man. He's wow. a trip, it's isn't actually... he? Carl, Carl came, he comes into town like once a month, yeah. and he's just, he's a hoot. This is a great trope. Good job, man. Uh, this is called Needle in a Stack of Needles. Yeah. They say the nice best place one. to hide something is in plain sight, but suppose that logic won't work. If the object you're trying to hide happens to be something that would stand out no matter where you put it, how would you hide it? Why? By making a thousand duplicates and hiding it amongst them. And of course, the the point is the, the the humble cup, the one that's made out of wood right. or clay. Right. This is and this is genius. Th- yeah. This is this is absolutely. A which one do you think ending. is the fancy Jesus cup? Right. right. Exactly. Wh- which, and you're which, wrong. <laughs> which is the cup that you think God Himself made? Yeah. The fanciest one. Now right? that said, if, well, the thing if, is, if, it's, if, not, if, it's if, not that God made it. It's, right, it's the there's the nothing act. special right. about the Grail. That's the point. Right. right. But that's the, the thing. The Grail is just but a cup. But that's the fault. That's the faulty reasoning yeah. that yeah. most people are going to be. Do and that Donovan uses. I will give it yeah. to Indy because the the clock is ticking. His dad's dying. He needs the Grail right now. That he didn't have time to look at the cups for more than five seconds. Because in that situation, now if there was one that was gold, one was a chalice, one was glass, one had a, a, a crazy straw in it, then it's like, oh, they're all different. I have no idea. But there's 25 gold cups and one made out of wood. It's kind of tucked you know, away, just, though. It's kind of hidden away, but you know, I think he has to kind of go, oh, there, what's that one? You're, what almost, I, you're almost supposed to think that must be what the old guy yes, actually did. Yeah, some, <laughs> somebody left a fucked up cup here. Yeah. I just that would have been clever if they put the old cup, if they put Jesus' cup on the table in front of the old guy. Right. Yeah. Then it's like never so, would have thought of that, would you? Implying that it's his. I just <laughs> with, noticed with like a little plate with a knife yeah. and you know <laughs> pork chop bone. <laughs> I just noticed in the shot where uh, uh, Elsa actually hands him the cup, and you you still see her in the background in his own shot. You see her turn and look to presumably Indy off screen and shake her head no a little bit. And there, <laughs> it, it feels like there was a moment in there where you know that they probably cut out of them actually like have, Elsa no uh, of actually having a moment where they. They may be telegraphing it a little more clearly. Well, you, you, it even pans to her when he starts to freak out, and she doesn't seem all that yeah, surprised. Right. So, yeah. Whoopsie. Trey, you wanna you wanna run commentary on this little sequence here with the increasing makeup and then the uh, crazy uh, dead puppet? Uh, oh, this what, is what's this going is, on there? Oh, it's looks like a reverse. Oh, yeah. okay. She, and I think it's yeah. She's probably she's probably in reverse too. Yeah. This is uh, one of stop the mo, right? that's stop motion. Yeah. This is one of the uh, if not the first digital composite. Yeah. Because because the, the hair is real. That's look like they, I think the the hair looks practical and the body looks practical. It looks like they've 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 comped on the deteriorating face. 
She's like, yeah, I, I, I tricked him, but I didn't mean for him to dissolve into a terrible pile of dust. Well, that's that's often what happens. It's like, yeah, I wanted to like do whatever bad thing, but I didn't think it'd be that fucked up. <laughs> I didn't up. actually believe the Jesus yeah. part of it. I mean, wow. Choose wisely, and he chose poorly are also parts of my uh, my my yeah. stable. He chose poorly is oh, a great. That's one of the great poorly. lines. Yeah, <laughs> and as a point, as Nate points out, the it theater. is a trope of understatement. Yes. Yeah, in the theory, killed. In the theory, theory, theater, killed. Yeah, you know, seeing it live, just boom. Wait a second, what's that cut made out of? I thought clay. it was wood, Jesus. but it's got gold in it. No, it's like clay. It's clay, but they would they would. Uh, it's got a gold it with, interior, with gold. strangely oh, enough. A gilded to, to, wooden yeah, cut. Yeah, yeah, to seal it to make it actually waterproof. Yeah, that look says it all. Yeah. That's like the oh god, he's really confident about it. He's really confident. He's like, all right. He saw. Well, he saw Here's what, what happened happen. though. He looked at the guy instantly to see what he would say, with the plan to kill himself if the guy didn't <laughs> yeah, say shit. Right. If the guy looked at him like, yeah, you think? Then he's just like, bam. <laughs> Sorry, guys. But he's out of bullets. Oh, I guess he has a new gun at this point, doesn't he? He's pretty close to a canyon. <laughs> he yeah, can make true. death happen if he wants to. He's. It's a shame they didn't show I'm pretty us. Pretty sure the, he dissolved before the bottom. Though. The perilous walk all the way back across yeah. all that shit with a cup of water. It's like is this some kind oh, of yeah. fraternity hazing I, thing. I, I want to see him like do the hop over the stones, <laughs> so holding. God the, damn it! But it goes back, holding the holy grail. Does it have to be time. any water? Does it have to come from there? Can it be any water? It sure is was it just the cup. How's this work? It sure was awful neighborly of them bad guys to bring Henry Jones yeah, Senior yeah, all the way up here. In his gut. You know they could have just left him back there because they wouldn't have known the rules. They would have thought, oh, he'll bring him back to the grill. We don't have to try to go past all these things. Then again, maybe not. Well, the seal is right at the entrance, isn't it? So he was already, like, in there. No, I think the entrance is at, it's after the after the, the walk of Jesus. It's, it's in the no. main lobby of... It's, it's, in, the, yeah, it's in the vestibule of God. It's in the yeah. vestibule. <laughs> it's in the atrium of... Atrium of Jesus. <laughs> Junior. Did you just <laughs> pour water on my stomach? That's weird. <laughs> what a weird thing to do. You were I always weird. I always you knew there was something weird. wrong with you. You take after your mother in that regard. Always with the water on the stomach. Weird, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> TMI, Dad. You know, your mother used to like pour water on my nipples. It was a whole game we played. We called it pour water on my nipples. <laughs> I, do, I do love the look he gives the grail where he's like, well, that's cool. <laughs> oh, look, holy it's grail. It's like you think Sean Connery's going to go, hey, uh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Trey, do you think Jesus would have gotten a kick out of that? Do you remember anything? Like, did he ever say anything about that? He, he hasn't mentioned that, I don't know. It's not a period of his life he likes talking about, quite frankly. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't, don't mention that I said that, please. Yeah. I want to stay in it. Yeah, I mean, would you? Would you want to dwell on that? Everyone wants to talk about that dinner. You were. She was in the room when he said <laughs> the whole the thing. About and the why seal. doesn't he just run and grab her and whip her back around? Yeah. She's holding the cup of God, man. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You don't cast a whip at that. <laughs> he's uh, again not something he's he's looking looking back on w- with great memories. You don't yeah. want to whip the Grail. Well, this is a fun set. Yeah. Got a set with all these yeah. hydraulic movers going every which way. Oh boy, that would have been nuts to Get be on. Actors clinging to it this way and that way. Hey, everyone ready? Uh, <laughs> howdy, duty. What PA is at the bottom of this, just like with his arms? Yeah, holding up. Like, all right, if Allison Duty falls, I have to catch flying her. down, hitting him in the eyes. <laughs> she actually goes all Jesus demented here, like, hey, ee, the cup. Can we call actresses that are like her dutiful? Well, <laughs> oh. uh. You can. Sure. I'm not going to. No. I, I will be doing that. You'll be doing that? 
Oh, and then she you give me shit for a pun. <laughs> you give me shit for a pun. And then right away, oh, yeah. wait a second, yeah. wait a second. It's a little, it's a little abrupt. Like, yeah. and hey, this is ironic in a way, isn't it? This is no. That but said, I kind of understand because his dumb. fingers. I can do this. His yeah. fingers on the cup. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like I mean, this is one of those things where you just—it's communication. It's communication. Dad, can you hold me for literally three more seconds? Yeah, just bend down a little farther, Dad. Here, actually, yeah. Can you just bend your knees a little bit? A little bit. Got it. Up, and we're yeah. good. And get, now we have the Holy Grail. Get solid and Marcus to anchor you, and yeah. now we have yeah, the Holy Grail. Yeah, we've had the freaking Holy Grail. Not that we can do anything with it, right? <laughs> we but, could you know. chill. We could chill here. You know, if if God cares that much about His cup to make the floor explode, He probably He's probably got a plan for yeah, how he's going to. Yeah, let's just chill about the yeah. cup. This is also one of my favorite jokes. Somewhere in a toilet in China, a cup shoots out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the idea that he's waving, but he's actually a Nazi. <laughs> I think he said, he's like, thanks for fucking up my house after 700 years, you douchebags. Heil Hitler. I, yeah, seriously, I've been here for 700 years protecting this thing, and now it's just going to go in the. And now, now look at now look at this place. Yeah, this is why I don't have people over, <laughs> or I cut their heads off when they get here. Brotherhood of the Cruciform Sword. They're getting a stern letter from me. I'm telling you. In the chat room elsewhere, is like, I love the night. Good job, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> Great at picking out cups, not good at anything else. Golly, those people. But a beautiful full circle character story there. Right, and and of course the important moment is the fact that he gets his attention by calling him Indiana instead of Junior. Yeah. Which, by the way, can I address that real quick? As okay. someone who went by a nickname for years, and, and Nork Mansell does, um, mm-hmm. but I was Fig for years, and my closer friends, who had knew me the whole time, always thought the way to get my attention was to go Teague. <laughs> it, like, ne- it never it never worked this way like your it's mom not being thing. mad at you right exactly it's like if they use your middle name you know but it's like if if we called brian boom shakalaka his entire life but then one time when i was being serious Ed, you're welcome to <laughs> <laughs> one time i went brian it does not see it does not cut through the bullshit it's an no, affectation no, on no, your no. part but it does it does if he spent that entire time begging you to call him brian and then when you finally did that's going to get his attention yes. That's the difference. That's here. a good point. The whole if you, time, hate, if you hated the nickname good Boom Shakalaka. Good point. But you don't. Which do you? I don't. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've made that clear. I know the way. <laughs> I think oh, I seriously thought he was a senile old man when I saw this movie. <laughs> I thought I, I thought he was just a crazy old guy. Like I didn't make the connection between him and the Brody character in the first one. I love the score. One more time, high five for John just Williams, because this is the last time we're going to be addressing anything with quality in the series. Yeah, this is this is like I mean this is this is like Quentin Tarantino, where he's like, I don't understand how Quentin Tarantino does what he does and gets away with it, and I go, that was fucking awesome, Quentin Tarantino, what you did there. I don't understand how they are literally riding off into the sunset on horses in the West. <laughs> it's a trope, and I go, yeah. Now, what I love about this is not this shot; it's the shot that follows it. Which is like a, it's like a one mile telephoto zoom where they're smaller than the sun. It took me, I didn't know growing up how they got that shot. And I'll answer for anyone that still hasn't sorted this out. What's happening is, according to the point of view of the camera, they really are smaller than the sun. They're just zooming way the fuck in. And that's how you get that shot where they're smaller than the sun running into it. They that's actually also the, are smaller than the sun, too, I'll point that's, out. Yeah, yes. yeah, sure. <laughs> Technically speaking. I, I said by the perspective. And then uh, that's the shot you see in Lion King, too, where it's like the giant sun and the people. I was like, how the fuck do you get that giant moon in E.T., that giant sun? And, and what they're doing is they're zooming way in, right. which we all know. But It's forced perspective. It took me a long, There you go. It took me a long time to figure that shit out. They're like a mile away. And it's crazy yeah, that they, can, they right. can even get that shot. I'm surprised it's not shaking more. What it, what impresses me is that just the 
the length that the shot goes on because it's a credit shot, and they're just. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, the you know, the setup. They're not getting significantly smaller proportionally when they're a mile away. Right. But just, I mean, you know, the setup was like, okay, guys, just start yeah, riding. Just, just, just ride. Riding. Just ride. All right. Okay, now. The hotel's that go, way. Go just more get, left. Go more left. No, 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 no. Back to the right. Back to the right. Back to the right. Vic Armstrong, by the way. They uh, must have a walkie-talkie or something. Yeah. Like that. Oh, certainly. Otherwise, so. how do they know when to cut yeah. and stop doing it? Stunt right. coordinator Vic, Vic Armstrong, I believe he wrote a book called, you know, uh, I Am Indiana Jones or something like that. Uh, and then he wrote another book, I Am Not Indiana yeah. Jones. <laughs> it was either him or it was it uh, Glenn Randall, but uh, it was one of the two. I don't know that that's the title, but I know like one of the big stuntmen it was came like, out just I'm, recently. I think. Yeah. Hey, there's another Joss. I never heard of another Joss. I know a Joth. A Joth. People shooting all around the Josh name. I've I've met a Josh and uh, a Joth, and I I know Joss Whedon. That's like that's like the Bort gag in the Simpsons. Yeah, I was just gonna say that <laughs> we are out of Bort license plates. Repeat, we are out of Bort license plates. Come along, Bort. Are you talking to me? My no, son is also named Bort. Bort. <laughs> 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 the, uh, the Indiana, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, uh, like I said at the beginning, it's my favorite. I don't think it's the best, but it is my favorite, and it seems to be an opinion that's shared here. Um, it's just great. I just love it. Uh, there are moments where it's 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 too goofy by half, and what's what what makes it great is that it can weather those in some way that other movies really can't. And even if we were to, if we were approaching this, I don't know, maybe Trey has insight onto this, but if we saw this as adults, it might not work the same way for us. But as it is for me, it's it's just. If you want a reliable Indiana Jones experience, Raiders or Last Crusade will get you there any day of the week. And every now and then, Temple of Doom can be fun, too. But these two are the ones that are like, yep, watch that one. That's, that's a good forward one. an hour. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, sure. Uh, yes, actually, yes. You're right. That's exactly right. <laughs> you literally can just skip Temple of Doom. You can just yeah. pretend that didn't happen. You watch the first one and the third one. Right, because I, this is the that. direct sequel to Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. yeah. Introducing people Temple of to... Doom is a prequel to Raiders of the Lost Ark. Introducing people right. to Indiana Jones, I have literally skipped Temple of Doom. Like, yeah. we can go back if you want to, but we don't need to. Brian yeah. said I could do... I was watching through... I decided finally, after uh, a lifetime of ridicule <laughs> last year, to watch the Star Trek movies. Mm-hmm. And, I, and they were all on Netflix, so I just powered through them in a weekend. And I was like, I just finished four. I'm about to watch five. Brian's like, yeah. <laughs> let's, go, let's go to six. Yeah. It's you, I like to think of Temple of Doom as... The DVD extra deleted scenes of the Indiana Jones story. <laughs> it's like there are there's a bunch of scenes that they shot that are kind of unnecessary and didn't. Did really you want work. to see Indiana you Jones can, on an elephant? You can totally see why they cut them out, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. there's a lot of them. They yeah. had a couple of hours worth. As it stands, this was a uh, a great franchise and a good ending. Actually, it was a, it was a very good franchise with some weak moments. Uh, and a great ending to that franchise. I love the moment. I love the, the the father and son relationship actually informs the other movies in a way that you look for in a sequel like this. It's it's just great. It's wonderful. And the way it ends is moving. The music is great. The character is great. I love it all. The world. The artifacts. <laughs> Indiana Jones was fun. I'm glad we did all three of them. <laughs> Brian? As am I. Yeah, this is, uh, for me, this is what really, this is what Indiana Jones is. Uh it's certainly my favorite. It's certainly the one I spent the most amount of time with as a kid, That I, the one I revisited the most, and the one I revisit more frequently than uh, any other. Um, uh, I, I don't really know what else there is to say other than this is just, this is, I think, as close to action film per- perfection as you can possibly get. Brian's got the like, misty face, and he's I, like, yeah. dun-da-dun-da, dun-da-da, indeed, good sir. I, in, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> Michael? Yeah, uh, I feel about the same way. I think one of the reasons it gets away with its goofier moments is uh, it's like a form of hanging a lantern in the character reactions because anytime something really goofy happens where the audience is going to go, what, are you fucking serious? One of the characters is like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> <laughs> that just happened. And uh, so so that's what helps get away with it. But yeah, it this 
the being a a conclusion to the to the franchise it it brings this whole conversation has been nothing but yeah. asterisks it's it's been it's been nothing nothing but mean glances at at the at crystal, crystal skull. skull as a conclusion yeah uh, not really as as a There's beautiful a as a beautiful wrap up to a tri- perfect trilogy that yeah. needed no further elaboration <laughs> ugly yeah. ugly sideways look that legally scoots around the fact that there is another movie mm. but anyway, um, mike uh it it brings everything together all of the the stuff that we talked about it's it's got got these great character bits and it's it's still kind of a spy movie you've got the femme fatale so it's a little bit james bondy and it's actiony and it's going through the ancient uh, the you know the ancient ruins and having to think through the booby traps and all of that it just brings everything together so wonderfully and tells such a great story that it's like this it this is the the best of i i think yeah this is the probably the best of the series mad bad in the chat room points out something uh, I'll rephrase it, but the uh, the point he's making is this might be we'll see ha- what happens with Red Tails, but this might be the last time that George Lucas was involved in a production that got generally favorable reviews. Could be, I don't know. The last time Lucas was like knocking one out of the park, maybe, maybe eighty nine. That's pretty recently. Well, wasn't wasn't uh, Crystal Skull better reviewed than we'd like to think it was? I'll check that yeah, out. So. Anyway, Trey, mm, Last so. Crusade, the end of the indie franchise. Yeah, it's great, and uh, it, it underscores uh, something we haven't really touched on, but it underscores another very important idea that was, you know, wasn't really present in the first movie, but was definitely in the second movie and was brought home in this one, and that is that girls are stupid and should die. <laughs> Um, because they are they are pernicious evil and probably Nazis and um, and uh, you know they'll sleep with anyone even your dad and that's gross and uh, in the end you don't need them you should just be with your buds riding off in the sunset on horses. This is a movie about just be gay. <laughs> Get, not not gay. You still want to you still want to like poke your you still sleep. With oh, them. you still poke your thing right. into them. Which is who needs them, right? It's yeah. just about then, after that they should just go fall in a hole and die with yeah. you know. And Jesus, God, God should literally kill them yeah. after you've had sex with them. Is wow. clearly what this movie is talking about. Um, and the problem is, you know, you see what happens in the fourth movie when you you leave one alive, they come back, they make your life miserable. <laughs> I mean, you know, clearly that's that what the, was the problem. That's what the filmmakers are trying to trying to tell us. You know, it's like, oh god, you didn't? Did you not kill that one? That first one? Oh, and then she got pregnant. This. What was I telling you? James I, Bond knows better than this. Yeah. Have I got the message of these movies correct? Um, wow, it, re- it that really was beautiful. It really is. I, I, you know, it's this movie is it's great. Like I said, I, I, I haven't watched it in a very long time, but you know, I. Re- Seeing it here, I realized I didn't really need to. You know, it's like, yeah, I remember this movie. I've seen, I remember every bit of it. Um, it's fantastic. I, I stand by my original statement. It's like this is the first movie with a bigger budget, and they like, okay, and this is going to be the last one, so we're going to bring it all home. And they they added an element of you know family and father and son and Sean Connery, and it was like, yeah, you nailed it, guys. Just walk away. This has been Down in Front. You can always find more episodes at downinfront.net. Subscribe to us on iTunes. You get a brand new episode every single week. Also, subscribe to The Intermission, our new side podcast, every week, Ooh. Wednesdays, half an hour. We just talk about whatever the fuck, we're, man. We're admitting The Intermission exists. We're admitting Ooh. it exists. We're downinfront.net slash intermission. Go there now and thank us later. Uh, the forum, downinfront.net slash forum. You can go there and involve yourself with the community. It's a wonderful group of people, really smart, talented folks. And we every week we announce uh, at the at the forum... When and where the live chats will be happening, what movie you're going to be doing. Uh, you can also find that out on Twitter, twitter.com slash downinfront, facebook.com slash downinfrontshow. Um, buy our shirts. Amazon store works again. And Thank you, donate Governor money Jerry to Brown. us so we can buy pizza. Yes. And then also, 
My name is T. Christie. Oh, Matt Fade of Veda showing us a chapter written on iTunes. <laughs> oh, my God. He's breaking down. Holden Hill. Oh, I'm Misty, man. Yeah, Holden Hill is designed to maintain the website and the fancy new website. Uh, my name is T. Christie. Brian Pinnifer. Hi, Scott. Kyle Hitler. And this has been Down in Front. Thank you very much for listening. Good night, good night. That was amazing. You, were supposed, to, you, were you guys were just kept going. Pinnifer, by the way. <laughs> no, no, that's you on the next intro. That's, that's oh, yeah. Boom Shakalaka Pinnifer. Yeah. Seriously, Kyle Hitler. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> no, I'm, but ser- like not as a joke. I just he think some, he had some good ideas. He had some good ideas. I mean, come on, it's like cancer smoking. We hate that, right? That's bad. Yeah. I mean, the rockets. It's all Hitler. Yeah, that's a Hitler rockets. idea. Hitler is basically the Tesla to uh, Winston Churchill's Edison. I'm just saying it. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I totally got that analogy. That's what yeah. scares me. Trendsinyourhead.com.